2: Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Start of a new week and glad to be here with you for it. Ceasefire text line is open as we get started at 601 879 4395. We want to hear from you. In fact, you can go ahead and start sending us your winners and losers from the weekend. We will get to those one hour from now. Be honest, you know your business deserves better, so get better with a Ceasefire business internet and phone bundle backed by Real Support. See how C Spire can power your success today at cspire.com business. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, wherever you are, however you are tuned in with us, thanks for being a part of the conversation this afternoon. We had quite the sports weekend. The Dell match play was just absolutely spectacular, and we are here for it for the next... I'm sorry, wait. Oh, just looking for a reaction out of the gate with you. We had baseball, 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 and we had some basketball, too. Although, my guess is, if you're anything like me, you spent a little less time locked in on baseball, uh, at least in compare... I'm sorry, to basketball, at least in comparison to uh, baseball over the weekend. Boys, happy Monday. What is up? Yeah, we didn't get that great of basketball
3: games anyway, honestly. I mean, mostly blowouts in the Sweet 16. But I feel like I'm taking crazy pills on this. Now, if you listen to the Sunday show, the tens of you that do, you probably heard me say this already, but um, (laughs) I feel like I'm taking crazy pills with some of the columns I read this weekend. Um, (laughs) Stuff like, College basketball has more parody than ever. The talent gap is closing and rapidly closing and all, the, all that kind of stuff. That rhetoric. And they're using this tournament as an example of, here's why college the talent gap has closed and there's no favorites anymore. And I'm thinking, am I, are you watching the same tournament as me? Because, yes, we did have a few more upsets than usual this year. Oral Roberts was a great story. All that stuff. But... This happens literally every year. Every year there's upsets. Virginia lost to a 16 seed, and then the next year won a national championship. Like, it happens. And if you look at the Elite Eight, it's one seed, one seed, one seed, two seed, and then power conference teams. So yes, Oral Roberts, I mean, was this close to beating Arkansas and making the Elite Eight, which would have been a heck of a story. But what am I missing here? Why is this tournament the example that the gap is closed when we've got nothing but power teams and
2: one-seeds left? I don't get it. I would, would offer two things, and, and I don't really disagree with your premise because I think, generally speaking, when we get to the Final Four, you're talking about one-seeds and two-seeds primarily. You know, you get the occasional outlier, but generally speaking, you're talking about one, two, three-seeds who were really good all season long. I do think... That basketball is so different than football in that we go into a football season knowing that there are six teams, eight teams maybe, maybe that can, can actually win a national championship. It's different in basketball. And you've actually got some new names. I mean, in a year when Kentucky doesn't make the tournament, Duke doesn't make the tournament... Kansas gets bounced in the second round. Carolina gets bounced in the first or second round, whenever it was. I think they a first-round loss. I mean, the traditional Blue Bloods are out. I mean, in the Sweet 16, you had four teams from the Pac-12, which has been irrelevant for the last few years in college basketball, including Oregon State. You had Loyola Chicago get to the Sweet 16 again. You have Baylor, which has become a power. Villanova, who is not a Power 5 school, but is a power and is there again. Arkansas, who hasn't been to the Sweet 16 in a while. Oral Roberts, who is the Cinderella. Houston, which has just quietly been elite under Kelvin Sampson for a handful of years now. Syracuse, who is an 11 seed. Gonzaga is the best team in college basketball. Creighton is one of those quote-unquote mid-majors. Hey, they were caught caught up up in the FBI thing, so (laughs) they're trying to win, too. You know, Michigan has gotten back to being really good, and Jawan Howard, you know, making the transition from NBA circles has been great. Leonard Hamilton and Florida State, just a really solid program despite getting kind of trounced by Michigan. It's been a while for UCLA, it's been a long while for Alabama. Southern Cal looks like good grief, UNLV from 1990. And then Oregon, you know, they're kind of a second weekend tournament every year. Or a second weekend tournament team every year, I guess is what I'm saying. So, to me, once you get to the Sweet 16, it seems like the, the better teams win. But having that many different brands get to this stage of the tournament, I do think lends some credence to the idea that a whole lot more people have a chance when you're talking about college basketball. That's fair. Hey, Dad, what's
3: up?
4: Not a little lot. I'm I'm trying to get used to this new camera angle. Y'all have got me on here. Mm-hmm. Maybe
2: okay. you could still pull the mic in front of your mouth and talk into it. Yeah, that'd be helpful. I'll, I'll You're try. awfully <laughs> low <I'll try>. there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. New new, new camera aside,
4: <laughs> still it's primarily weird. an audio. See, you see now, well, you know,
3: Dad looks like he's the tallest
4: one. I've, I look like I'm six eight. Yeah, look well, at this guy. He's we a we, giant. we did some market we did some market research. I don't know if they they included you guys in on this, but. Uh, Evidently, like, 15% of our listeners wanted more uh, exciting interviews. 21% wanted better coverage of their favorite teams. But 64% wanted to see more of my body. That's why we did this. And among female listeners, it was, like, 87%. Sex sells, man. That's just that's what it is. Like, I can't decide whether to make a joke or not. (laughs) Make it.
2: Do it. Did we, like, change the camera position or just zoom out? Yes.
4: No, they, they got a new camera in here.
2: I'm kidding with you. I was, I was As soon as you.
4: I saw it, I was like, "I hope the 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 lens is wide enough to take me all in."
2: But there you go. I am. Um, my what a weekend on the diamond. Look, I yeah. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what Ole Miss did in Tuscaloosa. We'll talk about what happened in Starkville. We'll talk about what happened in Hattiesburg. But just big picture for a second. Let's be real. Mississippi State, despite getting swept swept this weekend, still a really good baseball team. I know they're warts, and you got to adjust, and and you got to do. And guess what? Mississippi State's still going to win a lot of baseball games. Ole Miss, despite starting six and zero in the SEC for the first time since 1962, is not going to finish thirty and zero in the SEC. They're not going to run the table in league play. At least I don't
3: think they are. I mean, I know Florida yes. got swept this weekend by South Carolina, but I have a feeling the first loss is coming this weekend. Well, maybe. And that's okay.
2: It's yeah, baseball. Uh, it's absolutely okay. And guess what? Southern Miss gets four more cracks at Louisiana Tech and Rustin in a month. And so I point those things out to say, This baseball season is going to continue to be a heck of a lot of fun because weekends that are filled with heartbreak can be quickly erased by series wins or sweeps. Weekends that feel like you are untouchable based on a sweep can quickly be erased with heartbreak. And I feel like you're going to see a lot of that as we go all the way through this season Especially as we're talking about the SEC. Now, I do think we've reached the point where we've got to look at the SEC and go, is the league that good, one through 14, or maybe one through 12, if there are a couple of clear teams that are at the bottom? Or is this a league that is more ridiculously top heavy than it has ever been with six or seven teams? And then everybody else is just kind of okay. It's a great question, right? Because, well, Kentucky was supposed to
3: be a doormat this year, and they're off to a 5 1 start. Yeah. Uh, imagine that.
4: Um, I mean, but they played Missouri and Auburn, too. So, I mean, hey, yeah, five, five wins in six they, games. They are 5, five and 1. Five wins
3: in six games. Um,
4: Find out they get a test this weekend. They come to Starkville. So.
3: What a, hu- a sneaky, huge weekend now. No, and yeah, going doubt. into the season, we pointed at this series like, yeah, you know, you got to go to Baton Rouge and that's never fun, and then you host Arkansas, who's going to be in the top five, and that'll be a crazy series, and then you get a break with Kentucky. I mean, that was going into the season, you pointed to this weekend as yeah, you you get a break there, and now it's like, shoot, I mean, you're two and four in the league, and here's a Kentucky team that's got to be feeling themselves right now, and you need a get right weekend in the worst way, and. It's not as easy as
4: a test as anybody thought it Never would be is. anymore. And then you look at LSU; they're one and five, and they get to play Vanderbilt this weekend. Yeah,
3: that's still Paul Maneri's is going to be the first coach to get fired
2: there. <whistles> it's
4: going to happen. It's going to happen. Ceasefire text
2: line heating up on a Monday. Find someone that hates MSU baseball as much as Arkansas does. And yeah, the Arkansas official baseball Twitter feed was
4: uh, not fun.
2: afraid to. Throw some uh, some some barbs over the weekend. Hot take: Heydad needs to redo his Mississippi State baseball SEC win-loss projections. Okay, how's that a hot take? Hogman says we know about our pitching staff now. I'm hoping Richard has me some seats for the Ole Miss games in two weekends. Woo pig! <laughs> Southern Miss got off to a great start last week with the win in Tuscaloosa against Alabama slid back a little bit this weekend and we'll talk with Scott Barry coming up next on the Farm Bureau phone line.
5: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center, I'm Patty Steele. Venable Glass in Ridgeland and Brandon, locally owned and operated with free mobile service in the Tri-County area. We have several accidents this morning. Greenwood at Daniel Lake, I-220 at Medgar Evers, West Side at Bailey, I-20 East at South Gallatin, and I-20 Frontage at Terry. So be safe this morning. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, the best from us to you, proudly serving the metro area since 1946. Call Smith Brothers.
6: Mississippi prisons are in crisis because of extremely long sentences and parole laws that offer no way out. These laws are costing us millions and don't make us any safer. State lawmakers are considering solutions that safely reduce the prison population. They need our support. Without reform, we all pay. Families, communities, and taxpayers. We can fix this crisis, but only if we act now. Paid for by Forward.us.
7: This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. Located in Gludstadt, just south of Germantown High. Callaways has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. From trees, shrubs, and color plants to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Callaways has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving. A farmer's market is open, full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's will have farm fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup. We also offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. From a small job to a total transformation, just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Gludstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway south of Germantown High.
8: Callaway's is, Callaway's
9: I'm
10: Riggsland Mitsubishi is your truck and Jeep headquarters. Yep, you heard that right. Your truck and Jeep HQ. Whether you're looking for a two-wheel drive, four-by-four, four, or a diesel, come check out our amazing truck selection. Every brand, every size, lifted and customized. We've got them. And don't forget about our amazing selection of Jeeps. We have Wranglers, Unlimited, Hard Tops, Soft Tops, Lifted and Kitted Jeeps for your choose from. We're sure to have exactly what you're looking for, because we are your truck and Jeep HQ. That credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit's Specialist work hard to get you approved no matter your past credit history 100% credit approval is our number one goal plus bring in your current vehicle and we'll give you the best possible price for it even if you don't buy a new one from us what are you waiting for get to your truck and jeep hq at ridgeland mitsubishi where nobody walks away because everybody saves 1860 east county line road call 896 9600 today or visit ridgeland mitsubishi.com remember you're approved at ridgeland mitsubishi See you for details with
1: Real talk for real Mississippians. The JT show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Let's go to
1: the junction in the grove and to the top. Don't hurt yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: All right, let's do it. Farm Bureau phone line. Check out com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau, Scott Barry joins us. And, Coach, it's got to be some kind of a record. Consecutive Mondays, and I'm actually working. How about that?
11: <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring it up, Richard. Oh, just I'm just, just messing
2: with you. <laughs> if we can't laugh about that, then I don't know what we can, uh, can laugh about. Um, well. Two and three last week. Got the win against Alabama in the midweek, and I thought that was a really good performance. Let's start there for a second. You threw like 37 different guys in that game, and really almost all of them were effective. So, so bigger picture question, and I know there aren't a ton of midweek games left. Is that simply a function of you know you've got four games coming up in three days, and you've got to kind of keep as many guys ready to go for the weekend as possible?
11: Well, you know, that was the first uh, w- that was the first midweek that we had prior to a conference series. So, right. all series, all weekend series prior to that had been three-game series. So that moved us into a four-game. So, Drew Boyd who is who had been our midweek starter, we basically just threw him his bullpen. We just threw him one inning against Alabama just to keep him sharp so that he'd be ready to start on Sunday uh this this past sunday so so with that we just kind of you know went with johnny holstaff and just trying to get uh some a bunch of guys some work and, and keep them sharp and and just keep it mixed up on on alabama and not really get get in a pattern with any one guy and give them a chance and and uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but it worked well for us that night we we really played a a complete game that that evening
2: Onto the weekend, uh, Louisiana Tech gets game one three to two. You bounce back and get game one of the doubleheader on Saturday, fourteen to six. Big offensive day there. That's a seven inning game. Turn around and play another seven inning game and lose, lose that one four to nothing. And then it's a one run game yesterday that Louisiana Tech wins eight to seven. Um, big picture thoughts on the weekend before we kind of get into the the
12: minutia of the games.
11: Well, you know, we, we ended up being one and three on the weekend. And, and you know, a, a pitch here uh, uh, and at bat there, you know, we easily, Richard, could have been three and one. You know, on Friday night, you know, we leave uh, we leave a ton of guys on. We leave ten guys on. We have runners at third. I know in three innings less than two outs that we didn't get them in. Uh, you know, hats off to, to Law Tech and their guide. You know, stepping it up and, and finding a way to get out of the inning, but we've got to do a better job to compete, and, and we didn't that night. And we missed on way too many opportunities be, behind a really good performance of, of Hunter Stanley again, our Friday night guy who who went six innings and, and didn't give up any runs, gave up three hits, seven strikeouts, and three walks. So you know, he did his job, but we uh, we just didn't do enough offensively and led a good team. You know. Probably the best weekend team that we have seen this year, uh, has been Louisiana Tech. You know, an older team. They started seven seniors, two sophomores. Uh, they've played really good over the last two weeks. Uh, they're ranked. You know, they're feeling really good about themselves. They're an old club. And, and, uh, you know, we had a dance there on Friday to, to, to win that first game, but we drop it. But we move into you know the second game, uh, which is the first game of a doubleheader on Saturday, and we ride Walker Powell, who who pitched really well for us, covered all seven innings, which was crucial in keeping the bullpen and, and the rest of the staff healthy and and ready to go for for game three and four. So Walker did his job, but you know it didn't go without some grind and and really some uh, some moments where La Tech was starting to fight their way back in there, but offensively. We just kept pushing the margin in our favor, and they just couldn't catch up with it. But, you know, Walker did a fantastic job again for us there in game game two.
2: This whole seven inning doubleheader thing on Saturday, I mean, I understand it because of the number of innings you've got to play in a short amount of time, but those can just really, really be hard, can't they? Oh,
11: they that- yeah, you know, I'm just glad that they're not nine-inning doubleheaders in all honesty. and I think everybody else in our league, when we talked it out with the coaches, that's what we all voted to go more with the two-sevens than the two-nines. Obviously, we all would rather be playing three, a three-game series on the weekend. But, um, you know, our, our conference committee and whoever makes those decisions, uh, you know, decided we need to play four games, so that's what we have to do.
2: Yeah. Was there any rationale behind that? I mean, was it about limiting travel or limiting exposure to COVID? I mean, I know everything's kind of strange in this cycle that we're in, but was that ultimately the reason?
11: Yeah, I think uh, the heading was COVID. I think everything was based on uh, limiting the number of games that you played in contact with other programs. Because we took eight games off midweeks and moved them into the uh, into the weekend. So, you know, now we don't play a lot of midweek games, which I, you know, we're not getting to see enough guys uh, on the mound uh, that we would normally see in those midweeks. So we're kind of missing those. But it was hmm. to, to, to lessen the contact with other other teams, and then also, I believe, probably more than anything, too, was a budget standpoint of not spending that money in the middle of the week. And just you're at one site, let's add another game and, and lessen the the, the the amount of money that we're spending. Uh, running around trying to play games.
2: You think your guys are, and and I know there's a lot to do between now and then, but what, about a month away until you see this Louisiana Tech team in Ruston again, you think your guys are anxious for for another chance at what is a really good baseball team?
11: Well, I don't know. You know, I really want them just to forget about that right now and really concentrate on the next opponent, which is San Antonio, that, uh, you know, may be as strong a hitting club as as louisiana tech was i'm looking at their stats today and as a team they're hitting 297 uh you know they're they're very aggressive at the plate and that's what they hang their hat on is their offense so you know we'll see law tech in three weeks actually we've we've got utsa this weekend uab at home the the following and then we go back to or go to rustin for the second uh, series against them so you know we need to we need to really get ourselves dig ourselves out of the hole that we're in right now at one and three to start conference and, and take care of business in San Antonio this this Thursday Friday and Saturday.
2: I'm trying to decide which way I want to ask this question, so I'll kind of leave it up to you. I, I started to say just what, what did you learn about your team this weekend, and, but maybe the better question and probably one that's hard to, to answer is what do you think your team learned about themselves this weekend?
11: Well, I think uh, I'm going to answer it from both sides. I really think okay. that we both saw ourselves compete better at the plate. We know we've been struggling offensively uh, there, and sometimes it's a it's a competitive factor that I feel like we're just not competing in counts that we need to compete in. You know, I think we're starting to learn uh, and understand better what a quality at bat is sometimes it's not getting the hit you know it's just moving the baseball in a certain area of the field to score a run move a guy up whatever it is uh, or extend it back you know the other day Gabe Montenegro he really had a good week for us so he hit safely in all five games you know going into that series he was hitting I think 289 and or I'm sorry 189 he 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 uh, moved his batting average up almost 100 points this, these past five games. So, yeah. but he had some really quality at bats, and I think it really was kind of contagious with some other guys. I think we're right there on the verge of really taking off and and, and putting up the numbers that we need. We're starting to to get the hits. We just got to get those timely hits and not leave guys on. I mean, that was that was the whole key yesterday. Once again, we left 12 guys on. We had one bad inning. Where we uh, we didn't field the ball like we needed to, and we we opened the door for Law Tech to come back in, and then we were one two one or two pitches away on the defensive side of, of making those pitches. But you know those hitters for Law Tech, they uh, they hit mistakes, and that's exactly what they did. And otherwise, we would have been winners yesterday, and we could have even the series.
2: Yeah. Well, and I know you would feel better about it if it had worked out that way, but certainly a lot of p- baseball to play, and I would think encouraging. Uh, I, I was I was really interested to hear how you were going to going to answer that question, um, uh, b- because we've talked a lot about that in the last couple of weeks, right? Better approach at the plate, and and that doesn't always mean base hits.
11: That's exactly right. I mean, we we uh, we drove our walk numbers up. We're we're being more patient, which. You know, you hear some people in the stands say, swing the bat, swing the bat. Well, I've seen a swing the bat. A lot of times it's that
9: pitch
11: is <laughs> out of the zone. You know, I mean, it's we're chasing stuff, we're getting ourselves out. So, you know, walks, walks, hit by batters, airs, all those. Are what produce run scoring innings, and uh, and we saw it happen a couple of innings against us. You know where where we did hit a guy yesterday in the eighth that they ended up scoring and taking the lead on. So, you know we're trying to instill all that in our offense to try to get this get this offense going.
2: Scott, really appreciate your time as always. Uh, wish you luck. No, it's uh, nothing in the midweek, and then headed to San Antonio. Hope the weather cooperates, and it's a a good weekend down in South Texas. Always a pleasure, Richard. Thank you. That's Scott Berry, head baseball coach at Southern Miss. First of our coach interviews on this Monday afternoon on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Let's try to uh, unpack what happened in Starkville and what happened in Tuscaloosa when we come back with you. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm.
13: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 70 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 48. Your Tuesday, a 50-50 shot of rain, high near 74. Tuesday evening, a 70% chance of rain, low around 56. Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms, high near 67. And for your Thursday, sunny skies, high near 60 degrees. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
0: Builders. I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A
15: reporter with CNBC asked Governor Tate Reeves Friday why Mississippi was ranked 47th when it comes to administering COVID-19 vaccines. Reeves responded by saying the data was incorrect.
2: I think the difference between being 20th and 40th is literally
3: just a couple of percentage points, and once we get accurate data in the system, which is something we've been working with CDC to do, what you'll find is we're going to be middle of the pack in terms of total vaccines distributed. And
15: And Senator Roger Wicker is leading a bipartisan effort to stop debt-based driver's license suspensions. With the introduction of the Driving for Opportunity Act, Wicker hopes to end the practice that he calls counterproductive as at least 11 million people nationwide have had their driver's license suspended because they couldn't pay fines or fees. Mississippi banned the practice in 2018 and Wicker is calling on Washington to follow its lead. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News.
17: A new voice is here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Dan Bongino. He's a former Secret Service agent, police officer, best-selling author, and host of the fastest-growing conservative talk show in America, The Dan Bongino Show. Each weeknight starting at 11, Dan Bongino tackles the hottest political issues, debunking the rhetoric, and giving you the hard-hitting truth. The Dan Bongino Show. Weeknights at 11. The Dan Bongino Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Alongside Michael Borky and the Jolly Green Giant, Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Good to be with you on this Monday afternoon. He is sitting a full foot taller than the two of us right now. Haydad, what happens if you hit the little button
4: on the bottom of the chair that makes the chair go down? Uh, I mean, I assume I would go lower, but I I, I don't want to risk that.
2: Well, like you're afraid to be like a I've fallen and I
4: can't get up situation or? Oh, I could get up, but I would fall and it's on camera. I'm not going to, you know, subject myself. Just, to
2: that. just give it a little pull and see what. No, we're, no, we're good. We're good where we so are. You, you want me to cover the screen?
4: I can do that. No, no, we're good. We're good.
2: See, I just dropped mine down like three, three squeezes or whatever.
4: I'll oh, I be like huh?
2: having fun with you on a Monday afternoon. It is Sports Talk, Mississippi. So. Uh, let's unpack the weekend. Ole Miss was scheduled to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Tuscaloosa. But because of the storms that rolled through the state of Alabama on Thursday night, they wisely postponed that ball game. And so it was a um, pair of nine-inning games, a nine-inning doubleheader on Friday. What a concept that is. Yeah, but they're only playing three on the weekend, not four. Oh right. I'm not talking I'm not referencing
3: the conference USA. I'm more talking about how LSU and Tennessee had to play a seven inning game because they completed well, it ended up going to extras, but they had one inning to play as a holdover yeah. and they decided to make the next game seven innings. That,
2: that's a conference rule, though. If you have to finish any part of a game from the prior day on the final day of the series, then the second game or, or the complete game can. Only, I'm not saying it's a good rule. I'm just oh, saying yeah. it is a rule, which you probably knew. Uh, Common sense guy needs to step game.
3: in, and they ended up playing what five innings that day when they yeah, only they needed five. one. They but, ended up
2: playing thirteen innings on yeah. Sunday, so you know whatever it was that uh, that they needed. Um, so. What game one of the doubleheader? Ole Miss trailed three to one going into the ninth inning. Is that right? It was, it was three right. to one, and then Ole Miss put up an eight spot. Yeah, they scored eight and went ahead nine to three, and then gave up three in the bottom of the ninth inning. Taylor Broadway came on and got the save. They won game one nine to six. Uh, I thought maybe the most impressive game of the weekend was game two of the doubleheader. It was the return of Doug Nacasi. He went five innings and was pretty darn good. And then they handed things off to Drew McDaniel, who has pitched for what the last two weekends in the weekend rotation. So a little bit different role for him. And he was really good. And then they handed it off to Broadway at the end. And he gets his second save of the day. And that was a low scoring game. So, you know, the margin for error was very small in that one. They went two to nothing. And then, uh, slow start. On Saturday, but then they scored in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings and really pulled away from Alabama. I I don't think that Alabama is a certainly not a terrible baseball team. I'm not even sure they're a bad baseball team. Borky, I I, I know you watched, hey dad, you probably watched some throughout the course of the weekend. Old Miss looked good this weekend. They did. And that, like you said, Alabama's not a world beater, but it doesn't help that
3: they had to play Arkansas and then Ole Miss in consecutive weeks to start SEC play. And re- yeah. remember what happened in the, on Friday night in the Arkansas series. I mean, they are capable, and they're definitely not the worst team in the league. And like we say all the time, doesn't matter who you're playing. If you get a sweep in an SEC series, um, that's really good, and you celebrate it. But I think especially what stood out to me this weekend is it – they didn't win because they got just unbelievably stellar starts from their pitchers. Now, Nikhazy was great, but they limited him because of injury. He only pitched five innings. So, Hoagland gave up three home runs, happened to only give up three runs, but not his best day. And Diamond was good, but not great, and then Austin Miller gave up a couple of runs after him. So, they won three games where their best pitching performance was limited because of injury. So, I think that is what stood out to me most, is they won these games when Hoagland wasn't Very good for him. Nikhazy was limited innings-wise. He only threw 78 pitches. And on Sunday, you gave up... Well, game three. You gave up... What was it? Five runs? In the first... I gotta look at the box score. I thought I had this memorized. I do not. Um, You gave up five runs in in seven and two-thirds, and you won the game.
2: Yeah. Um... But kind of created some breathing room for themselves with coming to life offensively. So they were up, uh, they were down one to nothing, and then it was four to one, and then it was four to three, but then it was seven to three, and eight to three, and ten to three before Alabama kind of chipped yeah. away and tried to get back into it a little bit late, and then they got a ninth inning home run as well to make it a little bit closer. Um, That's what I'm referencing, I, though, is that they won these games
3: the first first game and the third game on offense.
2: Yeah, I I did think that uh, the thing that stood out with regard to the starting pitching was even though all three starters, well, Nikhazy notwithstanding, but Hoagland and Diamond gave up a little bit, they were able to limit it. They didn't allow a one-run inning to turn into a four-run inning. Uh, You you look at um, Derek Diamond. He gives up a run in the second and two in the fifth, and that's it. In six innings of work. So he was kind of able to pitch out of a mess a time or two, uh, which is the same thing that Hoagland did as well. Uh, so Ole Miss gets the sweep. They're the only undefeated team in the SEC. They're up to number three in all of the polls. Uh, most all of the polls are, are well, it's some combination of Vanderbilt 1, Arkansas 2, and Ole Miss 3. So that's kind of where you stand in the polls, and we'll look at them in more detail Uh, A little bit later. So I had kind of, kind of same, same way on Mississippi State, a little bit more of a high level view. Eight to two on Friday night, 11 to five on Saturday, and there was a a rain delay mixed in there. Pretty significant thunderstorm came through the area during the game. And then six to four yesterday. And really, especially on Saturday and Sunday, a lot of the undoing for Mississippi State was fielding. Not not yeah. getting off the field when you had a chance to get off the field.
4: I, I thought you could give each loss to a different area of the game. I thought Friday was a pitching problem. McLeod was just not sharp right from the start. Uh, those three home runs he gives up in the first inning, those were not good pitches. You're talking 85-86 over the heart of the plate. I thought on Saturday, it's like you mentioned, I thought defensively, uh, State sort of gave momentum to Arkansas through some defensive miscues. Rowdy Jordan drops a, a fly ball in center that, I mean, it just should have been caught. And that leads to a run, and then you have a pop fly that nobody makes a play on, and then the next batter hits a three-run home run to give Arkansas the lead. Sunday I thought was more about timely hitting, and there just wasn't any for Mississippi State. State had two on with one out in the, in the eighth, down two, and couldn't bring anybody in. Uh, and then got the leadoff man on in the ninth, but then hit into a double play, uh, yeah. Tanner Allen gets a single after that, but Cam James can't do anything. So it, it was just a little bit of everything for Mississippi State. You know, just, just a, a really bad weekend for them, but it's just one weekend. And, you know, like you said, it's still a good baseball team. But they showed, you know, the holes that that this roster has on uh, on this past weekend. But Friday night's the, the one that, if you said, said what concerned me the most, seeing McLeod get hammered like that. That's not a good look for Mississippi State. They need him to be a much better pitcher than that.
2: Before I went to sleep last night, I was uh, Ben Beatty is the media relations Director for SEC Baseball, and they, he sends out updates every after all of the day's games are complete. And I was just kind of scrolling through uh, like the overall stats and kind of looking at batting averages and fielding percentages and you know all the various things, the individual accolades. And I stumbled across something that is borderline mind-boggling. Arkansas has grounded into one double play the entire season. Like you accidentally ground into a six-four-three once a week. Yeah, they don't hit a lot of ground balls. They've not had a double play turned on them except for one time. The entire
4: season, they get the barrel on the ball, man. They 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 make solid contact when they're when they're out. They're hitting fly balls, they're hitting line drives to get caught. That that's that's what that's what their approach is at the plate. And it, it's I, I you're it, there's something fluky about that stat. Obviously, as the season progresses, they will hit into some double plays. I would think if they don't, they're going to win a national title. But yeah. I mean that's that's that's, that's as long an, as they don't have to catch a fly ball
2: in foul territory down the right field line.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs> if they can avoid if, that. If you're an Arkansas
2: fan, forgive me for that. Here's what I actually was going to say. If you get swept and you're a good baseball team, the immediate reaction is, well, what did we do to cause ourselves to get swept? Mm-hmm. And that's fair. And there's something to that, because, as we were just talking about, there are a lot of things you can point to that Mississippi State can do better that perhaps would have caused them not to have been swept this weekend. Mm -hmm. There's a flip side to that thing as well, though. Arkansas is really freaking good good at college baseball right now. Yeah, They don't get themselves into trouble. They're fielding it at a 984 clip, which is Major League Baseball good. That's college baseball stupid. So they don't make errors. They're great defensively, especially up the middle. They've got some pop in the lineup. Yeah. There's not really an easy out in the order, one through nine. And they're pitching starting pitching is okay. Maybe okay to, to good. Their bullpen is really good. They're a pretty complete baseball team right now. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll wrap up the 3 o'clock hour with you next.
18: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving your glass needs, they're in Ridgeland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive. Crossgates, just call them at 601-605-4443. So far, so good. No wrecks or breakdowns, just some after-school traffic, Uh, heavy delays on New Mansdale Road in Madison County. That's all after-school traffic elsewhere. Things looking real good, no other major problems. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, the best for us to you. Call Smith Brothers, 601-353-5217.
6: Hey, Tom, looks like you're a few guys short today.
12: Yeah, one's been out with the flu, another is at the ER, and Lydia at the office has a sick child. Where's Randy? Another contractor offered benefits.
6: You should call New Care MD. They offer full-service medical care, flat monthly rates. Your guys and their families get same-day appointments and minor emergency service. Contact NewCareMD at newcaremd.com today to learn more about how you can provide affordable direct primary care to your employees.
8: Here's John and Corey Ravenstein from Juniker Jewelry Company. Common sense often seems in short supply these days. Wasn't it poppy he used to say? Boys, you pay for what you get. And get what you pay for. Best advice he ever gave me, and it's never been more true than in the diamond business. A poor cut, poor quality diamond never gets better looking, I can promise you. That's why you've got to use some common sense. Like getting hands-on with quality loose diamonds in Mississippi's most trusted jeweler. Like shopping from thousands of diamonds, not just a few dozen. Juniper Jewelry Company is Mississippi's direct diamond importer, with 10 times the diamonds you'll find in average stores. Tray after tray of diamonds, every size, shape, and price range, all at the guaranteed best prices in the state. So come get the quality she deserves. At a price you'll love, it's just common sense. Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's
14: direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland
21: Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com. Hi, folks. This is Will Primos. I'm back on the radio again to talk about an issue that I'm passionate about and to rally all of you who love the great outdoors to take action. The Mississippi House of Representatives recently passed landmark legislation, House Bill 1231, which would allow our state to invest in wildlife conservation, leverage additional matching funds, and is a true game changer for Mississippi. But the Mississippi Senate gutted the bill, provided no money, and excluded conservation groups from participating in the program. I'm surprised that Lieutenant Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman doesn't support using proceeds from sales of hunting and fishing equipment towards this quality of life issue, which impacts the future of all Mississippians. If you love the great outdoors, and you agree with me, call Lieutenant Governor Hoseman at 601-359-3200 and ask him to provide a real dedicated source of revenue to invest in conservation efforts. It's common sense to support the great outdoors, the state's most valuable resource.
0: This message paid for by Will Find out what's happening in Mississippi politics and what
1: it means to you on the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again.
22: Please
1: say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke completely inappropriate. (laughs) On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Leon, listening from Little Rock. He says, if you look back with open minds, Mississippi State was two pitches away from getting swept by Tulane. Now, you're not wrong, wrong about that. You're not. But part of being a good baseball team is winning close games.
3: Yeah, and they did get two in Arlington and and won a series in Baton Rouge. It's not like they skated by against a bunch of nobodies and then Arkansas woke them up. Right. Well, and, and here's the other thing.
2: You get 27 outs in baseball, and you're allowed to use all 27 of them. You don't have to use all 27 if you're the home team, but if necessary, you are allowed to use all 27 outs, number one. And number two... Other than the goofy pitch clock stuck into the outfield wall that nobody uh, cares about anyway, you don't have a That's clock in baseball. Yeah. So, yes, Leon, you were right. Mississippi State was two pitches away from getting swept by Tulane. And yet they won both of those games.
4: In, in 2013, Auburn was 60 seconds away from losing four football games, but they won them because they scored. In a combined, you know what
2: else? Seconds. You you know what else they did? Auburn at one point was one out away from being sent home from the Atlanta Regional against Charmin South Georgia Tech, only to hit a walk off home run and win the regional, and go to Chapel Hill.
4: Exactly. Anytime I can get the you, you get to play the whole game, you know it doesn't it, when whether you whether you score all your runs in the first or the ninth it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I was worried
2: about the state uh, about the way state was having to come back to win against mediocre teams earlier in the season. That's
3: fair. I, I mean I, there were a lot of people that I saw and even some that I interacted with yesterday that were, were having a hard time with this and it's the same thing the same principle at least that I applied to after Old Miss lost a series to UCF. I don't know how some people survive baseball season. I don't understand or how they survive football season, I mean. If you're going to let one or two or even three baseball games cause such an emotional reaction. But just because we are saying what we are now doesn't mean the red flags don't exist. It's just right now it's just one weekend. Now if you you know lose two to Kentucky at home or... God forbid you get swept this weekend. Now the conversation really changes, but for today, you got one sample size, and it's the first series they've lost this season. Perspective needs to be applied. It's not defending; it's just being real. We were real like this after Ole Miss lost to UCF.
4: Yeah, it happens. Too many happens baseball sometimes. fans. Too many baseball fans treat baseball like football. You know, there's there's fifty six games. State's played six SEC games. State's been, State in the last four seasons has gone super regional, super regional, Omaha, Omaha. They were swept in every season, at least once. It happens. It's not what you want, but it happens. Yeah. Um. Another
2: message on the ceasefire Spire text line. Mississippi State will finish their SEC schedule with a losing record. Lifelong MSU fan here. What has MSU done that would make you think they are still a good team?
4: They've i watch watched their arms, and... first of all.
2: Yeah, but I don't even mean results. Why do I think Mississippi State's a good baseball team? It starts with their pitching. Yeah. Because I think they have a really good weekend rotation. And I think they have a really good bullpen. And I think they faced a really hot team this weekend. Um, but I, I don't know exactly what to think right now about Mississippi State. My inclination is that they are a good baseball team. I don't think as they sit right now, mind you, it's a 56-game regular season, I don't think they're a great team right now. I think they're a, a really good team. And I think the potential to be an exceptional team is there. They've got to be cleaner in the field. I think they need a little bit more depth out of like. And when I say depth, I guess I guess the right word is length. I think they need a little more length out of their starting rotation on the weekend. I, I would like to see McLeod and Bednar getting through the fifth into the sixth inning, and occasionally through the sixth into the seventh inning. I don't know that that is as necessary as it is for some teams because of the depth of the bullpen. But I kind of think that's where Mississippi State is right now. And offensively, they're okay. They'd some, probably need some growth offensively.
4: Absolutely. No,
2: no in, in terms of stringing some hits together.
4: Some extra base hits. It's, it's too much of hitting four hits to get a run. Yeah.
2: Another message, it's a long season. State will be fine. King Biscuit says the offense definitely has to improve. That's fair. Winners and losers. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? We will get to those when we come back. Sports Talks Mississippi.
1: Jackson, Super Talk
7: Talk Mississippi Mississippi Fox News I'm Rich Denison. President Biden today says the US is administering coronavirus vaccinations in record numbers but rising infections and hospitalizations are a major concern
1: The war against COVID-19
7: is far from won This is deadly serious. The president says 90% of Americans over the age of 16 will be eligible for vaccines within the next three weeks. Georgia's new election reform law requiring voter ID and limiting mail-in ballot eligibility is facing a challenge in federal court.
18: The law has sparked backlash among Democrats who say it targets and suppresses minority voting. Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp, who came under fire by former President Trump for voting irregularities he claimed benefited then-candidate Joe Biden, say the law's ID requirement is no different than what is required for air travel.
7: Fox's Evan Brown, America, is listening to Fox News.
13: The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth and Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283.
6: Mississippi prisons are in crisis because of extremely long sentences and parole laws that offer no way out. These laws are costing us millions and don't make us any safer. State lawmakers are considering solutions that safely reduce the prison population. They need our support. Without reform, we all pay. Families, communities, and taxpayers. We can fix this crisis, but only if we act now. Paid for by Forward.us.
14: RJ's Outboard Sales and Service is your central Mississippi boating headquarters. RJ's offers top-of-the-line brands like Skeeter, War Eagle, G3, Express, and Bennington pontoon boats, all powered by Yamaha Outboards. RJ's Outboard, 1208 Old Fannin Road in Brandon, the dealership that's
15: service-built. I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Department of Health is reporting under 100 new cases of COVID-19. Following a trend of lower case reports on Mondays, the latest report of 79 new cases brings the state's total up to just under 304,700. No additional deaths were included in today's report, and to date, 7,001 Mississippians have passed away from the virus. The number of active outbreaks in Mississippi long-term care facilities has now dropped to 19. And lawmakers are ironing out the details of a budget proposal, which includes a raise for state employees and
22: university staff. If it passes, state employees would get a 3% raise and a 1% raise will go to most public university and community college employees, but there's still some work to be done on the spending plan for the year which begins July 1st. It needs the approval from a majority of both the House and Senate.
15: For more, visit supertalk.fm. A pair of championship runs in both the men's and women's NIT fell just short over the weekend. In Frisco, Texas Sunday Memphis was able to hold Mississippi State's dynamic duo of DJ Stewart and Iverson Molinar to a combined 10 points as the top-seeded Tigers cruised by the Bulldogs 77-64 In the women's game, Ole Miss shot 30% from the floor and 0% from 3 as they fell to Rice 71-58 and Biloxi residents can now take advantage of a new public safety service.
5: The local police department has joined the Ring Doorbell community, so if you download the Neighbors app, you'll be able to communicate with the police regarding any suspicious activity, and police can send out alerts when there are emergency concerns. They do want to assure residents their privacy will be protected. They're hopeful this will help them locate missing children or catch porch pirates.
17: For all things
15: Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi.
17: See how our fiber solutions can help power your success at ceasefirebusiness.com.
12: To all the folks in the capital city metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk, Mississippi 97.3. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk, Mississippi.
1: Sounds good. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Off Mississippi. We mentioned earlier today that Kentucky missed the NCAA tournament. Not that that's news. You'd be crazy to think that Kentucky's roster is not going to look different next year. The makeover has begun. Kentucky <laughs> announces Davidson transfer Kellen Grady is coming to the Cats. He's a 2,000-point, 4,000-minute college veteran who's made 240 career three-pointers. By the way, Kentucky's roster had 4,800 minutes of experience entering this season. Grady has 4,100 minutes himself. That would be experience. We'll see if he can play and make shots in the SEC, but that's uh, that certainly is an addition. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon rolling into this new week. You can text the show, C Spire text line 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Love to hear from you. Bull, there's a lot of it in wireless. C Spire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says, so here's the real deal. The best plan for one or two lines, $45 each, with auto pay and paperless billing. No bull, C Spire. Com. Time right now for Winners and Losers.
6: All I, all, I, all, I, all I do is
21: win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser,
6: baby. We got winners. We
21: got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Winner now.
2: All right. You know how it works. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? I will tell you right now that my winner will come to you via Michael Borky's vast and deep audio vault. We have some audio coming for you in just a moment that will make up my winner, but I'm not hitting leadoff today. We'll let Michael Borky and Brian Haydad go first in whichever order you guys prefer. Heydad, why don't you go for it? This off of the winner.
4: Sure, my my winner is actually a team that lost its uh, last game of the season, but for the first time in a long time, I feel like there's some reason to be excited about Mississippi state bas- men's basketball. Um, huh. I mean that's that you were going plays- a different direction there.
2: okay, carry on. Sorry. No. Uh, no,
4: no, no. Go, ahead. go ahead, sorry. I, I'm interested to see where you thought I was going. Uh, but you know, obviously in college basketball and you, you just talked about the transfer portal a second ago. Anything can happen, but state has a nucleus coming back next year that if, if they can keep it together, that's going to be a tournament team with, with Stewart, Molinar, Tolu Smith, assuming that he doesn't test negative from COVID from now until kingdom come and still can't play. Um, you know, and then you saw some things on, on, on Sunday from Davon Smith and Cam Matthews, who had not been a scorer all year long, had a really good game. That's a really good nucleus of players along, and I didn't even mention Derek Fountain. No, they got to hit the transfer portal themselves. They need to add a couple of pieces here and there. There's the hot rumor that, that DJ Jeffries might have just gotten on the bus and come to Starkville uh, after the game. Not that he did. I'm just saying that there's a lot of rumors that he might be a, a, a potential transfer target for Mississippi State. But for the first time, and it feels like a while, I can look at Mississippi State basketball and say Pos- there, there's some positive things going on there. I like it. Now, who, who did you think I was talking about? Well, I'm just going to hold
2: it for one of my losers. Okay. Borky, we talked about it earlier today. Don't steal my loser. I will not steal your loser. Give me a winner,
3: Borky. Well, I've got this ready. So this was recorded off of a television, so it's going to be a little distorted, but Charles Barkley... No,
8: that's mine! That's I know, mine, I'm, is...
3: I know. I'm. I'm... Oh, I, oh, I was going to get yours first.
8: What is happening?
3: Let, let's go here, because I think we should spend some time on this, actually.
2: All right. So, my winner from the weekend is a guy that made "terrible" a word that we all love. Terrible. Charles Barkley, sitting at the desk of whatever they call it. I mean, instead of inside the NBA, maybe it's in, inside the NCAA tournament. You got Andy Katz. If you're looking at your television set, on the far left you have Andy Katz who has been brought in by CBS slash Turner slash TBS as an analyst in studio for the NCAA tournament. His day job is to work for the NCAA. And then you've got... um I just completely drew a blue... Kenny. Arnie Johnson. Arnie Johnson is the host. And then Kenny the Jet. And then Sir Charles. And Andy Katz and Kenny are discussing... Mike Woodson being hired as the new Indiana basketball coach. Former, former first round pick, great player at Indiana. He's an IU man. Got no college basketball experience. Listen in. And it's you'll hear Kenny's voice
3: first for what that's Kay. worth. Here we go.
20: It is, because when you walk in, they give you a rule
14: book like this.
20: Yes. And the, thing that you can do, the things you can do in the NBA to recruit free agents you can't do in college basketball. So it's like in these stickler rules. So yeah, yeah, without question. I'm so saying stop. stop. What, what? Hey, Don't stop that rule stuff. The rules of the NCAA is thick as this book. Man, let me tell you something. The
7: NCAA, they're like the Bonnet Fife of the world. <laughs> they are. They do an awful job of administrating. Uh, we got guys on tape paying players three years ago they ain't saying nothing about it. So the notion it's that be, but, <laughs> I had nothing to do with COVID, the NCAA, they are so far behind the time. Yeah. They're so reactive. It's time for them to get their crap together. You know, they say they want to stop cheating. They want to make, uh, make everything equal with the women because that was a travesty and a disgrace. It's time for us because we're in the business. We're in bed with the NCAA. It's time for us. You know, we're doing all the social stuff in the NBA. It's time for us guys, the coaches, say, yo, yeah, man, y'all got to do a better job. And the notion that Mark, Mike, Mike Wilson got to worry
2: about the rules. You know what Mike Wilson means? Some good damn play at the
7: beginning of those
20: eyes.
2: Charles Barkley <laughs> in the way that only he can deliver a message. Kenny the Jets talking about the thickness of the rule book, and Mike Woodson's gonna have to learn to play by the rules. And you can't recruit guys the way you do in the NBA. And Barkley goes, "Please stop." <laughs> and Kenny the Jet goes, "Stop what? The rule book is thick." He goes, "You ain't got no worry about no rules." Andy Katz, just, <laughs> just barely off camera, just gotta sit there and taking shrinking away, shrinking. True or false, after this year, Charles Barkley will no longer be included in the studio show portion of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. True. Is the NCAA smart enough to know that they would be better off just letting him be than pulling him for
3: that take? Ignore it. If if I were them, that would be my message to Mark Emmert or whoever's mad about this. Ignore it, because first of all, he's right. Yeah,
4: which it. means which means they will not ignore it. That, that would be and, and they they will, they will issue a st- they will issue a statement st- stating why Charles is wrong. They will go full bore into the pit of stupid. And I I love
3: how he just he's he says. The quiet part out loud. We're in bed with them, but they need to. I mean,
4: this—they're bad. While we appreciate (laughs) Charles Barkley's passion for the game of basketball, his comments are inflammatory and not rooted in the truth. I mean, I could write it for him.
2: Not to mention his command of the English language is (laughs) terrible. This is terrible. I absolutely adore Charles Barkley. He just tells the truth as he sees it. He is as real as real gets. He doesn't care who's signing his paycheck. He's not worried about whether or not he's included in the NCAA tournament studio show going forward. (laughs) You know what he likes about being part of the NCAA studio show? That he gets asked to do and gets paid to do that Capital One commercial with Samuel L. Jackson and Kenny Smith. That's what he likes about it. He likes he
4: gets paid for it. That money goes right back to Caesars Palace, too, I promise.
2: Mike in Oxford says they'll ban Charles before they ban Will Wade. He's right!
4: He's right. He's 100% correct.
3: 100%. I wonder if that's going to be a trend moving forward. So I know Nate Oates didn't come from the NBA, but he runs a very league-style offense, and now Indiana, kind of by default, is getting in that as well, you think that's going to be something they look at moving forward? No. Because
4: college think, football's kind of going that way. Because I think Woodson will fail, and people be like, you have to have guys who have been in college and know how to recruit. And when I say recruit, I don't mean the NCAA rulebook. I mean, know how to recruit. Yeah. You don't think
3: NBA guys are tied up I mean, know how the AAU and shoe companies Why would they
4: want to deal though? with that? They're just I would rather hey, just Jack deal bigger. with professionals and I mean I guess.
2: Lost in all of that, Charles Barkley is a winner. We got more winners and losers coming up, but we will delay that to visit with Chris Limonis when we come back on Sports Talk Mississippi.
18: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving your glass needs. They're in Ridgeland and in Brandon. Just call them at 601-605-4443. Venable Glass, locally owned and operated with free mobile service in the Tri-County area. Looking good for the most part. However, up in Madison County, look for delays 55 southbound at the Seoul Road exit. Uh, that's exit 114. Look for delays elsewhere. Things looking fairly decent. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, proudly serving the Metro since 1946. Call Smith Brothers 601-353-5217.
20: At Car Care Clinic, we are so thankful to our customers for supporting local business, and we're grateful for the essential workers who continue to serve. We are committed to your safety, and we're taking extra care of our customers during this time, providing services you can rely on so you can take care of your world. With one less thing to worry about, your vehicle is essential to daily life, so their service lanes are open to serve you, while guests are encouraged to remain in their vehicles during oil changes. Car Care Clinic is also taking extra precautions to ensure safety and cleanliness around their convenient locations so you can get the same rate service you depend on for brakes, alignments, tune-ups, check engine light diagnostics, tires, and their 28-point full-service oil changes. Visit CarCare for more information on savings, coupons, and scheduling an appointment and more. When surrounded by uncertainty, you shouldn't worry about your vehicle. We'll get through this together. Car Care Clinic, we want to change your oil, not your schedule.
10: Riggsland Mitsubishi is your truck and Jeep headquarters. Yep, you heard that right. Your truck and Jeep HQ. Whether you're looking for a two wheel drive, four by four, or a diesel, come check out our amazing truck selection. Every brand, every size, lifted and customized. We've got them. And don't forget about our amazing selection of Jeeps. We have Wranglers, Unlimiteds, Hard Tops, Soft Tops, Lifted and Kitted Jeeps for your choose from. We're sure to have exactly what you're looking for because we are your truck and Jeep HQ. That credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved no matter your past credit history. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Plus, bring in your current vehicle and we'll give you the best possible price for it even if you don't buy a new one from us. What are you waiting for? Get to your truck and Jeep HQ at Ridgeland Mitsubishi where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at richland Mitsubishi. See deals for details. The-
12: here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home
1: for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me
20: put it to you this way:
1: right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Talk Mississippi with you, streaming on supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. On Mondays, we talk with the head baseball coaches in the state of Mississippi. On the Farm Bureau phone line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Mississippi State head coach Chris Lamonis joins us right now. And, Coach, before we kind of dive into the weekend and the way things unfolded, kind of a big picture thought on how cool it was to look around and see all the uh the Mississippi State fans that care so much about being at the ballpark able to be in the ballpark and create a really cool environment this weekend.
19: Yeah, it felt like we had some normalcy, you know, back to the old times and and our fans they're so passionate about it. So to see everybody there for the hype of the weekend and um the only thing as a coach you wish you had played better. <laughs> so uh we know they'll be back, and there'll be a lot of great days in the dude, but it, just, uh, it was pretty cool. Like you said, it's, it felt like you know getting back to normal and, and you know, packing the ballpark and seeing everybody out there was nice.
2: I listened to you on the, on the radio and the postgame show last night, and I, I don't think I'm stretching here to say that I, I, it sounded like there was some frustration and some disappointment in your voice. With the day to kind of think back on the weekend since it wrapped up, what's your kind of takeaway from the weekend? What, what did you learn? What do you think your team learned?
19: You know, um, you know, for us, one of the things we learn, and it's not an excuse. It just, and us getting out there and playing in those environments and playing SEC baseball and understanding, you know, what it takes to come in here and 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 we got to play at our, the highest level. I mean, we're talented, we're good, but we have to play good baseball, and we didn't this weekend. And that's, you know, we got out coached, we got out played in every phase, just you know across the board. We we have to be better and um we will i mean we got a good group and we got a good group of kids but it was it was definitely disappointing and like you said just frustrating and and our kids are probably as frustrated as i am because um they have high expectations and and they want to play the game at the highest level
2: i I heard you say yesterday in the post game also out coached and, and you just said it a second ago and there's part of me that immediately goes okay he's he's taking one for his team there he's not laying all the blame and i think absolutely that's the way to go about it so so how do you go back and evaluate from a coaching standpoint is it i wish we had called different pitches in this situation or had used you know different shifts or bunt defenses or what do you mean when when you say that and how do you kind of evaluate what you guys do throughout the course of the weekend after a weekend
19: well, it sure would be nice to blame Coach Foxhall, but it wasn't his fault. Either, so it wasn't, <laughs> a, it wasn't We feel like we got the best pitching coach around, so we're, we're, we're happy with him. When I say out coached, I mean having them ready to play. You know, our practices during the week, the energy that we coach with, the, what what we do in practice, because when your team goes out and they don't play well, you have to look back and say, hey, man, what do we do to prepare them? What do we do to motivate them to, to play at a high level? It's not about the calls in the game. They're really – funny thing about that game, it was more, you know, it was a couple big swings and a couple big plays we don't make. I mean, what, what that game came down to, it wasn't a ton of strategy this weekend. It was just more about having your team prepared and ready to play. And when they don't play, and we don't pitch great, and we don't defend great, and we don't hit great, that's coach. I mean, that a coach has to take responsibility for that, too. That's any coach out there in our league is going to say the same thing. I mean, it's our job to get the kids ready to play.
4: Coach, you had a couple of injuries over the weekend. Can you give us any kind of update on Riley's self and Braylon Skinner?
19: You know, I, I don't have a lot. Riley, we have we don't know anything yet on Riley. Um, didn't look good, but, but I don't want to assume anything at this point. Um, Braylon's a, a little bit, you know, Braylon got hit in the knee, and but, but he kind of tweaked his hamstring right around that, too. I don't know if it was the play in left field after he came out, so... He's a little bit day to day right now. I'm not exactly. I'm not even sure which one bothers him more, but we're just. Um, you know, he, he should be day to day. I'm hoping we have him available by the end of the week.
4: Looking ahead to, uh, to uh, Wednesday's, or sorry, tomorrow's game against uh, Mississippi Valley, you just announced Parker Stannett will we'll get his first start of the season, and I assume you'll probably do sort of the same uh, situation you did last week, where you just pitched a bunch of guys. Is it a safe assumption that Eric Sarantola might see some uh, some relief work against Mississippi Valley?
19: That that could be a possibility. I'm not exactly sure yet where he's at in his program, but it'll be, it'll probably be nine different guys pitching, you know, an inning type of thing is what we're doing. Just trying to keep guys sharp. Uh, we're trying to get Eric ready for for some bullpen rolls. I know he's been doing some bullpens with Coach Fox. So, depending on where he's at, you know, trying to trying to get him in and maybe try to use him as a reliever here going forward.
2: Chris, I, I heard what you said about Riley's self a second ago. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about all the different hats you have to wear. I mean, obviously, you're head coach and you're managing game situations and running practices and, and meeting with, you know, talking with media people and meeting with donors and all of those things. But is there a psychology role that falls into this? Because that was a, at least in real time, it looked like a tough scene when yeah. Riley came off the field the other night.
19: It is, um, that is really a... You know, as a baseball coach, we always feel like you know, player comes in your office, like, all right, lay on the couch. You know, it's you know, somebody's in a slump, somebody's <laughs> in a, somebody's got the yips, somebody's got this. In baseball, it's just it's that sport. It's such a mental game, um, and, and you're right, there is a psychologist part of it. Um, it it's a lot about relationships, and, and Riley Self is one of the most genuine, passionate people um, that you'll be around, and, and you know, he does so much for our team. Like he really. Is a great teammate. He's hitting fungos. He's coaches first base force. us. Like, what other pitchers are? You know, my pitchers won't go out there, but he wants to learn and he wants to coach. He's, you know, he's in a bullpen role, and he came in here and probably pitched a lot more as a younger player, and then it's been in different roles his whole career. But whatever you ask him to do, he does, and he's he's just it's just awesome about him. So when you see that happen, and you know possibly it could be a bad thing, um, it's hard. You know, it's emotional. It's emotional for him, but it's emotional for his teammates. Emotional for the coaches. It's. Um, yeah, we the, the arena's so intense that we're in you know so you're competing and people are cheering and you know trying to do well and then something like that happens and it's it's tough man it's it's really it's tough on everyone
2: Chris you've seen so many good baseball teams through the years whether it's teams that, that, that your team whether you're an assistant coach or a head coach or on the other side of the diamond how does this arkansas team that you faced this weekend stack up <laughs> how, how good
19: are they? You know, I, I thought the lineup, and I, I know we saw the home runs, but the lineup defensively, I, I think that was one of the biggest differences Differences in the weekend is they played a really high-level defense. I think it's some athletic kids. They can run. They make plays. And then on the offensive side, they have the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark, which is, is rare. You don't usually see that with the combination of both. You know, they just, they're, they're really good there. And then there's some really nice arms in there. You know, I know their Saturday guy didn't pitch well against us, and they're going to need him to pitch really well to be a – a great team, but he's fished well all year, you know, but I mean, they brought in the kid. I don't know if I pronounce his name, right. Cops or cups. Yeah. Yeah. Cops. That guy's real. I mean, that is a, that's a really good arm and he can beat anybody. I mean, he, he went right through us and and that had, you know, man, it just, you know, he's striking guys out left and right. And he's done it all year long. He's been really good. And then they threw the big freshman yesterday. Who's just going to get better in time. You know, the Wiggins kid at the end of the game. So, um, they've been won for a while. I mean, they, and what they did this weekend was really impressive because they didn't really give us anything over the weekend. I don't feel like there was ever any time where they gave us something. Everything we got, we had to earn. And then, you know, when we gave them something, then they jumped on it. You know, I think we made, we didn't make plays three times with two outs. And I think they scored a total of 10 runs after that. And that's what a good team does. And they really took advantage of it on us over the weekend.
2: I know the SEC doesn't lie to us with their official stats, but it's still impossible for me to wrap my mind around the idea that 20 games into a season a team could have only grounded into one double play. That, that's mind-boggling.
19: Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw one You know, one of the stat sheets had ten and one of them had one. Because hmm. Chiefs told me that too, so I don't know what's right or wrong. I don't know how they... How they did that one, but we hit into more than one. <laughs> like we, you know, we've seen the bang into them all weekend. They usually come in bunches, and unfortunately, ours came in a bunch this weekend.
4: Coach, you got the short week this week: Thursday, Friday, Saturday series with it being Easter. Does that affect your starting rotation? Any? Or are you still going to go McLeod, Bednar, and, and Fristo, or do you have to change it up yeah. with the short
19: week? I think we're staying. We're staying the same this week. We're not, we're not messing with it. Well, everybody will have to move up a day unless somebody has an issue, but. That's the plan right now. You just have to do that in our league sometimes, and then next week they'll get a little more rest. you know. lucky for us, we, we, don't, have to, we don't really have to extend our starters too much. You know We I don't know if we've had a guy get to 100 yet. I mean, I just you know we were able to take some guys out in that 70, 75 range. So maybe that helps us in these weeks and keeps our guys fresh as the year goes on because of the strength of our bullpen. But um, you know, it's just a, just a short week, and it's what you've got to do.
2: Now, last thing for you, would you like to see McLeod or maybe Bednar go a little bit deeper, maybe get you into the sixth or possibly even the seventh inning, or do you continue to rely on the depth and the strength of that bullpen?
19: I'd like to be, i like guys to start to get through six. I think that's what we need. You know, we need our guys to get through six. And, you know, we've had that happen some. You know, uh, uh, Christian went there at LSU, went through six. Just it's been weird because everybody's, you know, we started the year and. Bednar's coming back, so we really haven't been able to get him. But he threw enough pitches to get into the six this weekend. He just, you know, we had the we had the long inning after we didn't make plays, and so that extends him out. So I think they're going to be, you know, you're hoping they're six inning guys and get somebody in there and then let Landon finish it up is what you're usually hoping for.
2: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. He's certainly a weapon at the end. Coach, always appreciate your time on these Mondays. Look forward to a, uh, a busy week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you as well. Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach at Mississippi State, joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Take a quick time out. We will be back, and then we will uh, – let, let's pick up where we left off a few minutes ago with winners and losers. Uh, some losers to get to, but also your winners and losers from the weekend. You can shoot them to us on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. And then we you okay.
13: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 70 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 48. Your Tuesday, a 50-50 shot of rain, high near 74. Tuesday evening, a 70% chance of rain, low around 56. Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms, high near 67. And for your Thursday, sunny skies, high near 60 degrees. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon. (laughs) We'll be <laughs> back.
24: This portion of Sports Talk Mississippi is sponsored by Coleman-Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman-Taylor today for all your transmission needs.
14: At Pearl River Resort Casino, we're keeping it real safe for our
22: employees and guests. Electrostatic Spray.
10: G3 Services is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Here at Woods Equipment, we are proudly a family-owned and operated lawn care business where
23: we have served our community for the past 12 years. We strive to offer the best sales, service, and parts in Pearl. As your locally-owned Cub Cadet dealer, we can handle all your outdoor power equipment needs with our in-stock inventory to help unlock your best lawn yet. Featuring the most innovative Cub Cadet zero-turn mowers, lawn tractors, walk-behind mowers and more. Stop by Woods Equipment, the Lawnmower Store on Highway 80 in Pearl.
21: Come on down,
0: let's make a deal. Are you having sewer and drain problems?
15: I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Department of Health is reporting under 100 new cases of COVID-19, following a trend of lower case reports on Mondays. The latest report of 79 new cases brings the state's total up to just under 304,700. No additional deaths were included in today's report, and to date, 7,001 Mississippians have passed away from the virus. The number of active outbreaks in Mississippi long-term care facilities has now dropped to 19. And lawmakers are ironing out the details of a budget proposal, which includes a raise for state employees and
22: university staff. If it passes, state employees would get a 3% raise and a 1% raise will go to most public university and community college employees. But there's still some work to be done on the spending plan for the year which begins July 1st. It needs the
21: approval from a majority of both the House and Senate. For more, visit supertalk.fm. Hi, folks. This is Will Primos. I'm back on the radio again to talk about an issue that I'm passionate about and to rally all of you who love the great outdoors to take action. The Mississippi House of Representatives recently passed landmark legislation, House Bill 1231, which would allow our state to invest in wildlife conservation, leverage additional matching funds, and is a true game changer for Mississippi. But the Mississippi Senate gutted the bill, provided no money, and excluded conservation groups from participating in the program. I'm surprised that Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman doesn't support using proceeds from sales of hunting and fishing equipment towards this quality of life issue, which impacts the future of all Mississippians. If you love the great outdoors and you agree with me, call Lieutenant Governor Hoseman at 601- 359-3200 and ask him to provide a real dedicated source of revenue to invest in conservation efforts. It's common sense to support the great outdoors, the state's most valuable resource.
0: This message paid for by Will
1: Did you hear me? <laughs> this is Sports
8: Talk. This is sports Talk,
1: Mississippi.
8: Woo! I say sports fans.
1: Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Appreciate Chris Lamona's joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. We talked to Scott Berry in the 3 o'clock hour, just finished our chat with Chris Lamonis, and Mike Bianco will join us coming up at 20 minutes after 5, about 40 minutes from right now. Really appreciate all three of those coaches taking time on Mondays to uh, visit with us, but more importantly to visit with you across the state of Mississippi or wherever you're listening. If you ever miss one of those conversations, you can go back and get it on demand. You can listen to Sports Talk Mississippi as a podcast. Wherever you download your podcasts, it is available to you. Just search Sports Talk Mississippi while you're there. Don't forget about Thunder and Lightning and the Rebel Report, not to mention – the borky show available on demand and online at supertalk.fm that's on sunday mornings where he gives you an immediate reaction to what happened uh... really between the time we shut things down on friday and sunday morning which usually is a lot by the way uh... rarely do you struggle for content on sunday mornings oh especially during football season yeah well baseball too it's always football season man
3: that's the thing i mean we're talking baseball now. The problem is with the Sunday morning format is I'll run into multiple weekends where I don't know what the outcome is. I mean, there's not much to react to because, like, you lose Friday, you win Saturday, and is the weekend a success or not? We'll find out here in a few hours, but yeah.
2: Uh, Jeff and Grenada A question on the C Spire text line We'll pop this one up there for Brian Haydad And then we'll get back to winners and losers I got a loser and you guys are going to defend and Because that's what you I do I will defend because, it
9: okay.
2: I'll apply the context That you won't apply But I will
3: also okay, okay, Say how how bad it is We've, Heydad, we've, Jeff we've, and we've never gotten this is, much
4: We've never gotten this much preview Of winners and losers I can't wait
2: Jeff in Grenada says, "Please take one minute and explain what is going on with MSU women's players and coach. What is the scuttlebutt? I find very little info.
4: I mean, it's 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 not a good situation. Uh, Madison Hayes, the five-star freshman, all-SEC freshman, entered the portal today. That's the fifth player out. Uh, it's it, it just every time I, I get a bit of news on the women's basketball program, I, I see no real path forward." here i don't think she you know, i don't think Nikki mcrae penson will survive her second season in Starkville if you had to ask me but that that program is just just it's just not in in a good place right now uh the, the the decline has been so rapid um i just i just don't i just don't foresee a positive uh, ending for this
2: all right we will see how that plays out all right so back to winners and losers we're going to get to some of yours as well but my loser is the United States soccer program. I understand that there is a difference between the United States men's national team that is trying to get to the World Cup and the United States under-23 men's soccer team that was trying to qualify for the Olympics. However, we have once again a large international tournament in which the eyes of the world will be watching, and the good old boys from the US of A wearing the red, white, and blue uniforms will not be participating. This is the part where you can tell me, oh, but Richard, you don't understand. It's getting better. Oh, it's, you know, this doesn't really matter because nobody really cares about the Olympics. And yet, when I turn on my television to watch Tokyo, I'm going to see England playing. I'm going to see Brazil playing. I'm going to see Honduras playing. But I'm not going to see the Yanks representing the good old red, white, and blue in the five-ring event, which we call the Olympics. Yeah.
3: Boo to that. It's a failure. And the context that needs to be applied here is the senior team, who will be going through Olympic qualifying, excuse me, World Cup qualifying, the important thing, like, the next week after the uh, Olympics end, uh, the U23 squad that we tried to qualify for the Olympics with, not a name that played yesterday will play a significant minute or even be on the roster for the team that is in World Cup qualifying this fall. Not a single player. And the vast majority of our elite players now on the senior team are under the age of 23. So, Mm -hmm. And they are all... uh, Playing internet, like their club soccer on elite level European teams. The, the talent mm-hmm. pool is significantly better and they are young. Uh, the comparison I'll use is this that squad yesterday, the U23 squad, is our C team maybe at best. However, that loss yesterday and not making the Olympics would be like the freshmen and sophomores from Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Losing to Troy. You get it? It's not your team at full strength. It shouldn't happen.
2: So, so Rick, is that the full Honduras men's national team that they lost to? No. Is and, England putting their full men's national team in?
3: No. The the Olympics is under twenty threes mostly in, in the team. I mean, you'll get some of the young stars from these other countries that maybe choose to play in the Olympics. Maybe.
4: Right, um, but not many. Because, like Borky said, the, after the Olympics is World Club qualifying, and that's what more people are going to. The stars yeah. are, are saving themselves up for that. But that said, Borky, this is why I don't get in, I- I- emotional about the national team. I just stick to my my Premier League team, and I just move forward with them. Yeah, well, I'm a proud patriot, but um.
3: <laughs> my God. <laughs> But no, it's, it's unacceptable. I, I know it's the C team at best. I mean, even, at best. The guys that played yesterday, maybe one will get invited to World Cup qualifying camp before he gets cut. Maybe one. It doesn't matter. It's inexcusable. It should not happen. Thank goodness that we still have Christian Pulisic and that band of 19- and 20-year-olds that are going to get their shot at qualifying for the World Cup for the first time this fall. Are they going to the, get in? They should. Uh, This is an extremely talented group of players that are playing in clubs like the United States has never had before.
4: I think I think there's seven Americans playing in whatever their country's highest division. There's three in the Premier League. There's a couple in in, uh, La Liga. There's one in Serie A, which is the Italian league. There's one in the I can't pronounce the Dutch league, but he plays for Ajax. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Anybody in the MLS? There will not be which this is so great unless Burhalter does something crazy in the starting eleven for World Cup qualifying.
4: There may be one, maybe one. Darryl Dyke might be in there.
2: Yeah,
3: that is from the MLS. He's the other playing, ten, he's, he's on loan in the championship anyway. Yeah, the other ten will be from international. So there actually is talent progress, but what yes, what happened yesterday is just inexcusable. I don't care if it was the C minus team. I don't care if it's the U23s and all of our best players that are under 23 did not play. I don't care. What happened yesterday is inexcusable.
2: <laughs> Jimbo and in Gluckstadt says, Soccer in America is for males who can't shoot free throws or hit curveballs. So perhaps Alabama's got soccer players?
3: Oh. Ooh. Speaking
2: of that, my loser, Auburn students.
3: After Alabama lost in the Sweet 16 yesterday, guess what happened at Tumors Corner?
2: I'm going to say there was some toilet paper flying around the milkshake shop. They rolled Tumors Corner
3: because Alabama lost in the Sweet 16. That is the most little brother thing I have ever heard. What are you doing? I know college kids are stupid, but what are you doing? They were in the Sweet 16. You're at home because your coach can't stop cheating. They were on the the national stage.
2: You weren't. What are you celebrating about? They're better than you right now. And then, yeah, but the 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 um the, the narrative out of Auburn today is, well, we got <laughs> to a Final Four.
3: You didn't? Yeah, sure, not this year. But the the spin now, you've got people saying that that was in celebration of an equestrian championship. Oh my
4: god! <laughs> <laughs> you could show they me... they won an SEC their, title on horses. Hey, there's there's, there's something horse-related to what you just said. I'll put it that way.
3: Yeah. You could show me video of the equestrian team rolling up to Toomer's Corner on their horses, throwing the toilet paper themselves, and I still would not be believe awesome. that, would that be so they awesome. rolled. That actually would be quite that cool. Would be that cool. would be a yeah.
2: fitting celebration but there.
3: No, that's not what happened. Nobody on that campus, aside from the equestrian Athletes, I suppose. And their boyfriends know Athlete. that they have an equestrian team. Like, that's it.
2: They rolled Tumor's Corner because Alabama lost their and, little and, brother. And, 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 and Mississippi State had an equestrian team. They do? Yes, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's a club team. It's not a conference oh, team. That's cool, though. I mean, it, it's a very
3: cool sport or hobby to engage in but that's not why Toomer's Corner was rolled last night. Toomer's Corner was rolled last night because little brother saw big brother fail on the
2: biggest stage. Just happened to coincide with winning an SEC championship on the horsies, on the ponies. Totally, yeah. On the ponies. Jamie in Oxford says, I think what Auburn students did was great. Winner. Roll Tide. (laughs) Says Jamie. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Tough sports weekend for the Crimson Tide.
4: Yeah. They've had better ones. They're going to make up yeah. for it by winning every football game they play and winning another national title.
2: Oh, uh, what? What are you, like Nostradamus now? All of a sudden you're in the prediction business?
4: Well, I mean, I feel like that's really not much of a stretch, you know?
2: Like, eh, I might intense. be one off. Kind of the point I was making yeah. here, yeah. Mr. Haydad. Yeah. Sports Talk, Mississippi. My we'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you next.
9: She said she
18: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving your glass needs in Ridgeland and Brandon, just call them at 601-605-4443. The accident up on 55 southbound in Madison County, just past exit 114. Getting cleared up, looks like they pushed them over to the side of the road, not seeing too many delays there. Down at the stack, expect delays 20 westbound, and the delays southbound on 475 at 468 are starting to pile up. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call them at 601-353-5217.
1: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app. Supertalk.fm. And always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station.
21: You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. You love as a man insane. You broke my wind, what a thread.
2: Take a quick peek at the baseball polls and look at the changes this week in the top 25. Arkansas in Baseball America was number one, they stay there after the sweep. Vanderbilt sweeps Missouri last week they moved from number three to number two old miss with their sweep of Alabama moves from number four to number three Texas Tech has been really really good since they left Arlington Texas remember they uh, they started the year one and two after uh, that first weekend down in Texas since then they are 17 and two that's uh really darn good Who's to say they weren't really good in Arlington, too? They just ran into better. Yeah, you're probably onto something there. And they were the one, you know, out of that group of TCU Texas and Texas Tech, they were the ones that I thought looked closest to being kind of on par with Mississippi State, Arkansas, and all this. So
3: on that note, with the polling and stuff like that, right now the SEC West, it's just two weeks. I'm sure it'll change, but Appears to be the much weaker division. How much of that do you think is real and how much do you think that will correct itself? Because in the West, A&M's really underperformed. I mean, Auburn got swept twice. Alabama's won one game, albeit they've played two top five teams. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi State is now two and four. You've got Ole Miss at six and oh, Arkansas five and one. Next best team is two and four. And in the East, I mean, Florida just got swept, but. Vanderbilt's there, Tennessee's really good, Kentucky's 5 and 1. You expect Florida to bounce back. South Carolina was really good this weekend. Is mm-hmm. that reality?
2: Um I think it's too early to tell. I think some of it is a function of the schedule early in the season. Uh, oh, I don't know if we got enough time to really dive into that. That's a that's a great Let's do that in the 5 o'clock hour. Let's do that after we talk with Mike Bianco. Let's kind of unpack where everybody is in the SEC, who they've played so far, and whether or not it's going to stay like that. Because I'm not sure we can do that in three minutes. Baseball America, Mississippi State drops from 2-5. to Louisville is 6. That's up a spot. Texas is playing really well, pitching it really well. They took 2 from Oklahoma this weekend, I think. Yeah. They went 3-1 and last week and got 2 from Oklahoma. Um, so they've moved up to number seven, East Carolina's at eight, Georgia Tech hanging there at number nine and Tennessee jumps from 16 to 10. In terms of SEC teams in the top 25, you get South Carolina at 11, Florida at 14. And that's it. Now in the D1 baseball top 25, you know, we've gone several weeks where the top five were all SEC teams, but with both Florida and Mississippi State getting swept, that changes this week. Vandy stays at number one. Arkansas stays at two. Ole Miss goes from four to three. Texas Tech is four. They've got Texas at five in that poll at D1 Baseball. Mississippi State falls from three to eight. Tennessee jumps from 12 to nine. South Carolina jumps from 25 to 14 after their sweep from Florida. And Florida falls ten spots from five to 15. Florida's got some holes. They can swing it. Tommy Mace has not been as good as they had hoped. Jack left, which has been pretty good, but maybe not as good as they had hoped. Was it Barco the third starter in the order? Um, just been okay. but Florida has been a disaster defensively. Like they can't field the baseball, and that has been a problem. Other SEC both. teams in the top twenty-five, there are none after Florida at fifteen.
4: Both teams that got swept—that you know, top-five teams—defensive issues are, are a huge problem for both of them.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's a good point. It's a good point. Borky kind of gave it to you a second ago. So the baseball standings right now—you've obviously got Ole Miss as the only undefeated team in the SEC. So they're on top of the West at six and zero. Then it's Arkansas at 5-1. Those two teams will meet each other in two weeks. Mississippi State at 2-4. A&M at 2-4. I think there's a big difference in those teams. I think Mississippi State is good at 2-4 and and Texas A&M is not. LSU at 1-5. Alabama at 1-5. Auburn at 0-6. That's a tough weekend for Auburn getting swept at home by Kentucky. Vandy's at 5-1. Tennessee and Kentucky also at 5-1, South Carolina 4-2, Florida 3-3, Georgia 2-4, Missouri 1-5. Here's what I think we know right now, Borky. I think Georgia's bad. I think Missouri's bad. I think Texas A&M is bad. I don't know yet about LSU. I don't think they're very good. I don't think Alabama's terrible. I think they're better than one and five. And I think Auburn's a little bit better than 0-6, although I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. And that's not because that's the first two teams that Ole Miss has played. I just I think there's some pieces for those two teams. If if Alabama ever gets Connor Prelip back, it kind of changes things for them. We'll we'll unpack who's played who so far, and how much that should factor into what the records are and what we think about the SEC. We'll do that at five thirty-seven. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back.
8: You're listening to WFMF Music. Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your
1: true professionals at Bagel Mastery Pro Online at SuperTalk FM.
7: News. I'm Rich Denison. President Biden today says rising COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations are a major concern, urging everyone to do all they can to prevent the spread of the virus. If we let our guard down now, we could see a virus getting worse, not better. The president announcing 90% of the adults in the country will be eligible for coronavirus vaccinations within the next three weeks. A new ABC News Ipsos survey shows more than two-thirds of Americans give President Biden high marks for his pandemic response and economic recovery actions.
22: On immigration, 57% disapprove as the Biden administration deals with the surge of unaccompanied children on the southern border. The president's handling of gun control in the aftermath of mass shootings also getting low marks, with nearly a third of respondents saying they disapprove.
7: Fox's Rachel Sutherland at the White House. America is listening to Fox News.
20: This Fox News update has been brought to you by Tico's Steakhouse.
8: along with takeout. Call today or stop in and experience Tico's in the second generation. Tico's Steakhouse,
7: East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030.
23: Smith Marine has killer boats on sale now, featuring Crest Pontoons and Suzuki Motors, offering thousands of new boats right now along with Suzuki Specials. This is the best time to buy your new or used boat. You'll never find a better deal. Smith Marine, 149 Harbor Drive, Main Harbor Marina in
15: Ridgeland. Stephen Gagliano, you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Early into the pandemic, the American Red Cross was tasked with collecting convalescent plasma from COVID patients. John McFarland, Executive Director of Mississippi's Southeast District, says they also began testing all blood donations for the COVID antibodies.
1: Between March of last year and the end of February this year, about 7.5% of all the blood donations that Red Cross tested had COVID everybody
15: McFarland says the findings were helpful as it gave health officials a better idea of how much the virus had spread. And the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency warns there's a chance for two rounds of severe weather this week. The first could be across North Mississippi tomorrow night, and the second round is expected Wednesday afternoon for areas further south. Although the risk is relatively low, damaging wind and small hail will still be possible. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News. Following a visit to the southern border, Mississippi Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith criticized President Biden for rolling back Trump-era immigration policies.
24: We have talked to these border patrols and they have told us how overwhelmed they are, how overcapacitated they are. These guys have a hard job and, you know, they were just beginning to get a little relief before these policies change.
15: The visit occurred as apprehensions at the border have sharply increased. And Toyota, Mississippi is donating $200,000 to help feed minds and bodies. One of the recipients is the Lee County Library. Executive Director Lee Tomlinson says the funding will go toward a new bookmobile.
18: The bookmobile is a unique platform to deliver library services into the community.
15: The other recipient is the Mississippi Minority Farmers Alliance. Director, Carolyn Jones Stephen Gagliano, super Talk Mississippi News this is baseball player and fellow Mississippian Jake Mangum there are a lot of reasons to be proud of my home state Mississippi State Baseball is one of the reasons and Mississippi Farm
8: Bureau Insurance is another the dedicated team at Farm Bureau works hard to give me and the rest of their customers the best service possible. Visit fabrates.com for
15: great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at
17: msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. CSpire 5G. We're building a fast, powerful 5G network to bring you faster phones. You heard right. Seaspire 5G. Phones faster. Saying it anymore would be. C Spire 5G, faster
9: phones,
17: (laughs) no bull. For a limited time, get our best 5G phone free with trading.
5: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Supertalk Jackson 97.3
2: summer, are you ready to see the Biloxi Sand Crabs and the Gulfport Gamblers and the Ocean Springs Snappers and the Pascagoula Pirates and the Mobile Seagulls and the Laurel Lumberjacks? Those are just some of the teams that are going to be participating in Cotton State's Baseball League Coastal. We've been telling you for a couple of weeks about uh, what is coming. For the last 12 years, the Cotton States Baseball League, based in New Albany, has provided a great Woodbat Summer League baseball for uh, Woodbat Summer League baseball for college players, and now they are coming to the Mississippi Gulf Coast this June and July. Come be a part of the best baseball in Biloxi. Six to eight teams, all made up of college players, three games a week, with games being played at both MGM Park and Biloxi High School. Great facilities, great coaches and great players. It's a 20-game regular season beginning on June 4th. season will wrap up with the League Championship Series at the end of July. Registration is open now at CottonStatesLeague.com. For more information, you can give them a call at 662-539-2440. Again, 662-539-2440. Or follow them, find them on Twitter, on Facebook at CottonStates. Don't miss out this summer. The college boys of summer are headed to Biloxi for Cotton State's Baseball Coastal. Again, cottonstatesleague.com is the website. 5 o'clock hour with you on this Monday at Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Michael Borke and Brian Haydad. Uh, I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for being with us. If you want to be part of the show, you can connect on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Time right now for the College Football Fix. I figure I'd mix it up a little bit. Let's do it. Same network. Got to go way back for that, don't we? That's basketball. Yeah, this is the March oh, Madness. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Got the Elite Eight yeah. tonight. Where's your head? Yes, we do have the Elite Eight tonight. College Football Fix is brought to you by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Ford Truck Month still going. F-150s, the 2021 newly resigned, uh, designed F-150, the Super Duty, and the Ranger, all available for you. Part of Truck Month at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Stop by and test drive one today. This is off the radar a little bit. Borky, you discovered this list on Twitter. Some random guy, but it's fodder. He tried to rank the worst coaching hires in college football of the 21st century. Number one on the list, and frankly number 50 on the list have a connection, just not at the same school for the purposes of this list. This guy has Mike Price at Alabama, as the worst coaching hire of the 21st century in college football. And 50th on the list, he has Dennis Franchione at Texas A&M. Now, there are a bunch of names in between, but here, here's the, the problem that I see with this list. So he's grading coaching hires based on how they ended, not based on what they accomplished while they were the head coach. And he seems to be interested in pointing to scandal as why a coaching hire was bad. Now, maybe athletics directors could get on board with that, but I think fans have trouble getting on board with that because you don't take into account the fun ride they had along the way. I will grant you that Mike Price was a disaster. There was the strip club and the It's Rolling Baby and whatnot. That did not go well. But to rank Art Briles as the second-worst coaching hire of the 21st century kind of discounts all they accomplished on the field. I'll give you the off the field was as bad almost as anything we've seen in college football with the scandal and the cover-up and all the unpacking of that and the way Baylor handled it. But in terms of on-the-field results, it's hard to put that at number two.
3: Yeah, and he's missing a lot of rationale. So he has late Tennessee version of Lane Kiffin at number ten, Which but Kiffin then to. yeah, he, Lane Kiffin's a top ten with a little celebration emoji. Um, but Les Miles at Kansas at thirteen. So how in the world was By the way, Lane Kiffin? Lane year... Kiffin went seven and six in one year at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah went, went to went a bowl to a game. Les Miles sucked and got fired because he couldn't be in the same room as a female because he was so, uh, ab- horrible. I don't. Yeah, but but the, but the larger point is he was terrible on the field. Right. So I mean I don't understand that. So so this random internet guy's got to do better than that.
4: I don't even know who Mike Haywood at Pitt is. I don't know what he did. What did he do? Apparently not much. <laughs> I guess I have a huge issue with this list if I as I look at it. George O'Leary at number 4 at Notre Dame. He never coached the game. Yeah, The name Sylvester Croom is not on this list. Hmm. He's, um, got, he's got Hugh Freeze in all of this um, at 5th.
3: Mike Haywood was hired as the head coach. You guys may remember this. My trigger memory. He was hired to be the head coach at Pittsburgh uh, mm-hmm. in Dece- on December 16th of 2010. On December 31st of 2010, he was arrested for Felony domestic violence.
2: I have no
4: recollection of that
2: whatsoever. Yeah, I don't either. So this is like this should not be worst head coaching hires of the 21st century. It should be most scandal-ridden coaching hires of the 21st century. Because, but some of it is, but some of it's not. I, I was going to say, yeah, it's 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 just a, an ill conceivable Because Bobby Petrino at Arkansas at number seven, yeah, yes, it
4: ended terribly. He also had them in the Sugar Bowl. His top seven are all scandal related. Then you get to yeah. Rich Rod at, at Michigan, and it's just he didn't bad. win. He didn't win enough. Charlie, Charlie Strong, Strong didn't Texas. win enough at Texas. Kiffin is scandal. Tyrone Willingham didn't win enough. Miles was sort of the even combination. scandal at Tennessee. Well, I mean, the scandal. way he left. Maybe the way he left, though, where you know he was sort of gone in the in the middle of the night and calling recruits to come with him to to Southern Cal. I mean, I, I I'm reaching for, for for straws here. I know. I mean, like, Weiss, Ellis Johnson not good. Ellis Johnson thirty fourth. You could make a case for him to be number one. Yep, you could. Get Luke Johnson on the phone. He'll make that case right now. Who do you think of the rest of the show? Ron Zook at Florida
2: at thirty seven on the list. They weren't terrible. They were just very, very, very average and below Florida standards.
4: And between Spurrier and Meyer, who won national titles. Good luck with that. So, yeah. uh, and I like Eagle that Willingham's Arkansas. on here twice. Say what? I like that Willingham's on here twice. Once for Washington and once for Notre Dame.
2: <laughs> Will Muschamp's Rich Rod's on here twice,
4: So's So Rich Rod.
2: Is is Will Muschamp at South Carolina the 15th worst hire of the 21st century? No. That's, that's it wasn't good. good. David Beatty at Kansas at 17. Okay. Willie Taggart did not go well at Florida State. Bill Callahan at Nebraska was not great. Ron Prince at Kansas State, not great. Derek Dooley at Tennessee. Tennessee fans maybe would agree, but I'm not sure that's worst in the 21st century. And again, Ronzook, Illinois deserves to be on there way more than Ronzook, Florida deserves to be on there.
4: Agree.
8: I'm just no crew? Really? Really?
2: Ed O'Geron at Ole Miss at 28. Chiswick at Iowa State at thirty-two. There's something terrible. bad.
4: He's five and nineteen. Yeah. That's, this is a very this is a very random and it feels sort of personal list. Did Paul Wolf
2: at Washington State immediately precede Mike Leach? Yes, he's the guy that Mike Leach replaced. Mike Shula at Alabama forty-three.
4: Tommy Bowden wasn't that bad at Clemson, oh, was he? Wasn't that bad. I, I guess it's just that you've seen what Clemson could have been doing under Tommy Bowden. I don't know. How is Chad Morris not higher? That's a top five guy.
2: Yeah, it is. Buddy Tevens at Stanford. Yeah, 10 and 23 in three years on the farm. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah.
8: Man, it,
2: it, <laughs> see, Tommy Bowden doesn't
3: make any sense here. So he started at Clemson in 99, and Dabo took over for him in 08. Six as far as wins. Six nine seven seven nine six eight eight nine. What's bad yeah. about that? I mean, it may not be
4: great, but uh, I guess I think I guess I think it's because now that we've seen what Clemson's ceiling really is, he he vastly underachieved. Tell me, we but wouldn't take good... that around here for the next ten years. Oh, build a statue. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody asked why was Croome bad. We don't have that long to talk. His record was 21-37, and 37, though. I'll, I'll start there.
2: It's probably as good a place as any to uh, start. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll get back to the baseball conversation in just a couple of minutes with Mike Bianco. His team got a sweep in Tuscaloosa for the first time since 1962. Ole Miss is off to a 6-0 start in Southeastern Conference play. This is Sports Talk Mississippi.
18: the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations serving your glass needs in Ridgeland and Brandon. Just call them at 601-605-4443. The accident up on 55 southbound in Madison County just past exit 114. Getting cleared up looks like they pushed them over to the side of the road, not seeing too many delays there. Down at the stack expect delays 20 westbound and the delays southbound on 475 at 468 are starting to pile up. This update is brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call them at 601-353-5217.
6: Hey, Tom. Looks like you're a few guys short today.
12: Yeah, one's been out with the flu, another is at the ER, and Lydia at the office has a sick child. Where's Randy? Another contractor offered benefits.
6: You should call New Care MD. They offer full-service medical care, flat monthly rates. Your guys and their families get same-day appointments and minor emergency service. Contact NewCareMD MD at NewCareMD.com today to learn more about how you can provide affordable direct primary care to your employees. Whether it's getting the kiddos to school.
24: I love you. Bye mom.
6: Or taking it off road and uphill.
24: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Woo-hoo. <laughs> Oh yeah, baby. We've got the right tires for you. Tire Depot has a huge selection of tires for every budget and every purpose. From everyday
3: drivers to extreme off-road performance, Tire Depot has you covered. Alignments, mounting and balancing, lift
6: kits, and general repair. Tire Depot at the Reservoir in Brandon and Terry Road in Byron. Mississippi prisons are in crisis because of extremely long sentences and parole laws that offer no way out. These laws are costing us millions and don't make us any safer. State lawmakers are considering solutions that safely reduce the prison population. They need our support. Without reform, we all pay – families, communities, and taxpayers. We can fix this crisis, but only if we act now, paid for by Forward.us. Hi, this is Dale Danks with Danks, Miller & Corey. With more than 100 years of combined
21: experience, we have the expertise to handle even the most complicated matters. When you need a lawyer to fight for you, don't compromise. Contact us online at DanksMillerCorey.com.
12: Gallo here for the professionals at Watkins Construction & Roofing. I got to know these guys over the summer when just about everybody in the neighborhood replaced roofs from a spring storm. To keep a small roof problem from getting bigger, call the pros that can find damage the untrained eye can't. Watkins Construction & Roofing, the state's largest roofer. And there's a simple reason for that customer satisfaction. Get a free inspection and they won't ask for upfront deposits. 601 966 8233, Watkins Construction Inc.com.
23: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3, Super Talk Jackson
1: place for crazy people if it's sports in mississippi you'll hear about it here sports talk mississippi on super talk mississippi
2: Coming off a 4-0 week, Ole Miss is at number three in the polls, kind of across the board right now. There are like 723 different college baseball polls, and I think Ole Miss is at three in all of them. Mike Bianco joins us right now on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. A sweep in Tuscaloosa this weekend. And then uh, an extra day off with Sunday off after the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Coach, uh, congratulations on a good weekend. What's your you take away from uh, from this weekend in Tuscaloosa for your ball club?
25: Well, you know, I think the the, the biggest thing was you know Doug Doug was good. Uh, you know, he pitched on uh, Game Two, which was on Friday. We had to play doubleheader because of the weather on Thursday, and uh, looked good. Uh, really commanded it well, all four pitches, and you know, uh, as far as strength wise, you know, being in shape. I mean, he was he you know probably threw his, the, the most velocity that he's thrown all year long was up to ninety four, and uh, just was really really good. Uh, I thought Drew McDaniel was terrific, you know, out of the bullpen. Uh, which, you know, kind of give it, gave us a little length, you know, and uh, especially, you know, after game one, you know, playing a doubleheader. Uh, but, you know, we, we just played well. You know, when we needed to pitch well, we pitched well. When we needed to, uh, to, to, to put some runs on the board, we were able to do that as well.
2: I mentioned earlier, and I'd be curious your perspective on this, I thought all three starters were good, but maybe the the thing that was best about them was that when they got into trouble, they were able to kind of limit things and not allow a, a messy inning to turn into a big inning. Is that an okay way to kind of characterize it?
25: No, I think you're, you know, I think you're spot on. And, and it really, Richard, I think is the difference in why, you know, guys are good and guys, you know, are just average. You know, uh, you know, the good guys are able to minimize. They're able to, you know, just give up a run and not give up, you know, that crooked number. They're able to, you know, make the pitch, uh, then, and get off the field and, and leave runners, you know, stranded out there. And, uh, it's not by luck. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, over time, yeah, you look at they they just seem to reach down deep and, and make those pitches and and certainly, you know, our three guys did that this weekend.
2: Defensively, were were you were you pleased? I I think what was one error all weekend or maybe no errors this weekend?
25: Yeah, I mean, I thought we were yeah, really good and we've only made one error, I think, or uh no, I think we were errorless this this weekend and we made one. It's one, one total baseball.
2: in SEC play, yeah,
25: I think. I think we made it and we actually uh, with an error in the infield when we were up, uh, like, uh, something like 14 to nothing. And so I guess if you're going to make it, make it when, when you're up by a lot. So, uh, no, we, you know, for a team that's been probably, uh, average over the 24 games, you know, fielding the ball, uh, we, we've been really good. Our, our SEC numbers statistically, you know, really stand out. I think we're leading the SEC in hitting in SEC games we're maybe fourth in pitching and we're I think number one in defense. So we we've played work real well.
2: So what happened in game one of the doubleheader You didn't have a whole lot going offensively. Did you just press a button in the dugout like the <laughs> let me press the right coaching button and then all of a sudden you can go out and put an eight spot on the board?
25: Uh you know, I wish it was that easier. I wish I had that button, you know, and uh, we'd probably press that button more often. <laughs> uh but uh you know, we 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 kept it close, got a couple wind-dated home runs, you know, one true home run off Gunner, and then I think a couple wind-dated home runs, uh, got it to three to one, and here we are in, a, in the ninth, get our guy on, and of course you have one of your best hitters in bat, and he pops one out of the ballpark, and as the old adage is, you know, you've heard, you know, over the years, is hitting contagious, and it was, and uh, so we... End up not just scoring two, but we end up scoring eight that inning, uh, to really, you know, uh, extend the lead. And, uh, again, come back to game two, uh, it was all pitching. It was all Doug and McDaniel and Broadway for the second time in one day. And then the next day we were really quiet, you know, until about the fifth inning. Ten hits the big double kind of gets us going. And then after that, uh, really, you know, impressive, you know, offensive performance because not only did we score runs, uh, but we were able to answer when they scored, you know. And I think we scored from the fifth inning through the ninth, you know, for, for five straight innings.
2: I don't know if college baseball is unique in this. We we, we keep hearing so much discussion about the transfer portal in, in other sports, in, in football with guys moving on, and and you know it happens in basketball. It's happening more and more. We don't seem to see it as much in baseball. And I'm thinking about one guy in particular when I mentioned that Tim Elko, who's had kind of a slow growth in his career. And and my question really is about development here. So so what is it that has allowed Tim Elko to grow from a guy that that struck out a lot and looked like there was some potential, but maybe didn't hit for great average, and then you know last year gets off to a great start, and then this season his numbers are just kind of video game like.
25: Um, again, you know, it's a very difficult question, and one if I knew the the honest answer uh, you know, we would make them all great when they're freshmen. But, you know, when you look back at Tim's, you know, his career, he gets here as a freshman, and both him and Tyler Keenan are in the same recruiting class. And actually, yeah. Tim came in with probably a little more uh accolades, if you will, or a little higher profile than that Keenan did. Uh But Keenan, what he got here, uh just... Looked like he was more ready to play. And probably more of that had to do with just mentally. You know, I think Tim lost a little confidence, had a good fall. Uh, but then lost a little confidence when we started the spring. He wasn't playing every single day, and and uh, you know just kind of got behind the eight ball on you know a couple good teams there. And uh, you know, luckily for us, we had some other players that could fill those holes. But Tim's been really good for the last two years. We just haven't seen it, or you haven't seen it, the fans haven't seen it, just because we haven't played a lot of baseball in the last two years. But if you ask the people in the Northwoods League, if you ask the people that are out at our fall scrimmages, man, Tim's been a super Start for two years, and uh, you know, uh, but we're we're glad he's finally doing it with the oldest uniform, you know, in, in the real games.
2: When he makes the transition to professional baseball, do you think he's a third baseman or a first baseman?
25: I think he gives them the option now. You know, I you know I think defensively he's shown that he can play on the left side of the infield. But I also think he can play corner outfield. You know, for a big guy, he runs pretty well. You know, he runs up to a 760. Uh, and, you know, that's, you know, for, for a guy that's 6'4", 225, you know, that that's moving pretty good. Uh, but I think he gives, you know, the team that drafts him a lot of options. But I, I think uh, he's impressed not only us, but I think the pro scouts that he can play third base.
2: No, you've got a game against uh, against UNA tomorrow afternoon. Then you turn your attention to Florida. How much have you kind of dug into this Florida team? And from a scouting report standpoint, uh, obviously they're not one of where they want to be from a record-wise kind of out of the gate in the SEC. But it's a pretty talented ball club.
25: It is, and and really from a scouting report, not nothing. You know, I've seen them. We're fortunate because of the SEC network and there's so many games that, you know, I've, I've, you know, watched bits and pieces of their games and, you know, they, they, uh, they got Mason left, which the, the front end of the rotation and, uh, a freshman pitching on game three. they're always gonna have a uh a bevy of pitchers, you know, in the bullpen. Uh, offensively, you know, statistically they're they're very similar to us, about thirty home runs, hitting about the same, about the same amount of runs scored and, and so on. Uh, and it's a tough place to play in a new ballpark. You know, Gainesville, uh they they always put uh always plays well at home and I'm anxious to see their ballpark. But as far as the scouting report, we play so many games, we 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 can't afford to look, you know four or five days in advance. There's not
2: too much in front of us. Final thing for you. You call the pitches. You work so much with the pitchers and have a feel for that. What goes into developing a game plan on how you want to pitch an opponent?
25: Wow. Well, I think, one, you know, Chris Cleary uh, is in charge. He's our coach that's in charge of you know, gathering his scouting reports. So he'll, he'll reach out to schools that they play. Uh, we're allowed to share information inside the conference. So, like, we can call schools. You know, that has already played University of Florida, uh, and he starts to get an idea of what they say, how they pitched them, what was effective, what what wasn't. And then, uh, we have a great program that really, you know, evolved from basketball called Synergy, uh, that really, uh, has all their games, all their pitchers, all their hitters, and it's all sorted, uh, and already cut up. So it's not like you're getting a game film and having to cut up each hitter. So I can sit there and watch literally, uh, 15 at bats, you know of you know Judd Fabian and and watch you know the University of Florida, 15 at bats all their starters and do it in about a couple hours when before it would take me a couple hours just to get one game in. And so it's a little more efficient, it's very expensive but a little more efficient <laughs> and uh, uh, and again, so I'll do that and I'll try to write down how I think we should pitch him and then compare it to the notes that Cleary comes up with. And then all our pitchers will watch one game of them, you know, live, you know, well on tape, you know, to 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 see what you know and chart a game, kind of keep them locked in, so they at least visually see each each hitter.
2: Interesting process. I can't ever decide where you're going to go when you say "wow" after I ask a question. <laughs> So, always appreciate your time. Great weekend, and uh, look forward to following along this week as uh, you got a, a Tuesday afternoon home game and then a road trip to Gainesville. Thanks so much, Coach. Thanks, Richard. See you. And that's Mike Bianco, head baseball coach at Ole Miss. They get four wins this past week. They're number three in the country. And synergy is something. I didn't know they used that for baseball. That that was a tool that was used in college basketball and maybe even in the NFL for coaches and Even announcers sometimes to scout opponents. I didn't realize that that had made its way to college baseball. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We will be back with you right after this.
13: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and cutting needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 70 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 48. Your Tuesday, a 50-50 shot of rain, high near 74. Tuesday evening, a 70% chance of rain, low around 56. Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms, high near 67. And for your Thursday, sunny skies, high near 60 degrees. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
5: Afraid of falling? You're not alone. If you or someone you know suffers from dizziness or imbalance, Physical of Jackson can help you improve your balance and decrease your chances of falling. Susan Geiger and her team of unique specialized therapists utilize cutting-edge equipment only found at Physical of Jackson. Conveniently located in Flowood, Physical of Jackson can help you get back to enjoying a healthy, independent lifestyle again. Call Physical of Jackson today for your appointment.
0: 601 487 60
15: I'm Steven Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Early into the pandemic, the American Red Cross was tasked with collecting convalescent plasma from COVID patients. John McFarland, Executive Director of Mississippi's Southeast District, says they also began testing all blood donations for the COVID antibodies.
1: Between March of last year and the end of February this year, about seven and a half percent of all the blood donations that Red Cross tested had COVID
15: antibodies. McFarland says the findings were helpful as it gave health officials a better idea of how much the virus had spread. And the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency warns there's a chance for two rounds of severe weather this week. The first could be across North Mississippi tomorrow night, and the second round is expected Wednesday afternoon for areas further south. Although the risk is relatively low, damaging wind and small hail will still be possible. Steven Gagliano, Talk Mississippi.
21: News. Hi, folks. This is Will Primos. I'm back on the radio again to talk about an issue that I'm passionate about and to rally all of you who love the great outdoors to take action. The Mississippi House of Representatives recently passed landmark legislation, House Bill 1231, which would allow our state to invest in wildlife conservation, leverage additional matching funds, and is a true game changer for Mississippi. But the Mississippi Senate gutted the bill, provided no money, and excluded conservation groups from participating in the program. I'm surprised that the Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman doesn't support using proceeds from sales of hunting and fishing equipment towards this quality of life issue, which impacts the future of all Mississippians. If you love the great outdoors and you agree with me, call Lieutenant Governor Hoseman at 601- 359-3200 and ask him to provide a real dedicated source of revenue to invest in conservation efforts. It's common sense to support the great outdoors, the state's most valuable resource.
0: This message
1: paid for by Will primos. Thousands of Bulldog fans have subscribed to the Thunder and Lightning Podcast. You. On each episode, Brian Haydad and Joel Coleman give you an inside look at your Mississippi State Bulldogs. The Thunder and Lightning podcast is free and available on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Thunder and Lightning on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thunder and Lightning from Supertalk Mississippi, covering the Bulldogs like no one else. Mississippi, sports, sports, Sports. on your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Talk Mississippi streaming at Supertalk. FM. Let's see if we can do all of this by memory. How the 14 SEC teams have gotten to their record so far in league play. Vanderbilt is five and one on top of the East. They took two of three from South Carolina. Yes, sir. And then swept Missouri this weekend. That is right. And their day two pitcher has yet to give up a hit. 16 innings in SEC play with no hits allowed. Nine-inning no-hitter and pulled in the seventh, or after seven, with a no-hitter. And had thrown like 98 pitches or 101 pitches or something like that. I saw some people critical
3: of that move. And I want to say, if you're that coach and you want to sign the next lighter... You don't have him throw 135 pitches two consecutive weeks. If you want to sign the next guy, you got to take care of the one you got. I would have loved to have seen if he could do it twice, but it's all about preserving your guy's arm for more important games and also for his professional career that he will have very soon.
2: Good call. Good call. Tennessee off to a five and one start in the East. They opened by winning two of three at Georgia. And then came home and swept LSU the last two in extra innings. What was it? A uh, a thirteen inning win, and then an eight inning win, which was extra innings of a seven inning game. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Kentucky is off to a five and one start. They swept. Who did they sweep in the opening weekend? Missouri. Yes. Swept Missouri. At home and then went to Auburn and took. No, no, that's not right. They got two of three against. Yeah, they swept Auburn doing it reverse over. They got two of three against Missouri to start league play. South Carolina is four and two. Lost two of three to Vanderbilt, swept Florida at home, and had a marathon game on Friday night. I guess it was 14 innings on Friday night. And uh, then got it done on Saturday and Sunday. It's pretty good for South Carolina. Yeah, I
3: mean, if you look at the Vanderbilt series, one of those games was a one-run game. One of the ones they lost. Yeah. So they are, I, I, you know, ifs and buts, um, one run away from winning a series against Vanderbilt. And then they swept Florida. Maybe South Carolina is better than we thought.
2: Well, you remember they had two wins against Clemson in the non-conference. And were playing pretty good baseball. And then they went to Austin and faced Texas and got swept in the weekend before SEC play began. But if you look up now, Texas is back in the top ten in everybody's poll after a slow, slow, slow start offensively to the year down in Arlington. Lost six in a row, then turned
3: around and won five in a row. Florida is
2: three and three. They opened SEC play with a sweep of Texas A&M and then got swept at South Carolina. You heard Mike Bianco talk about Florida a little while ago. Two proven commodities in their, their first two starters. Starting a freshman on day three. Okay, offensively. What are you looking for this weekend when Ole Miss goes to Gainesville?
3: More from Nikhazy. I would like... Because they are a full-strength Doug Nikhazy away from from being the kind of team that deserves the ranking that they have. So we all talked about how difficult of a situation it is going to Florida and playing three games because Florida pitches it well. They got all the talent in the world, all that good stuff. If he's at full strength, Ole Miss has arms to win a series there, which is something that, I mean, we did the exercise last week, yeah, you probably just take one at Florida. Are you thinking that now?
2: No, I mean, based on the results so far, you would actually probably pick Ole Miss to win the series. I think if you get one in Gainesville, it was, nah, I don't know that Mike Bianco would look at it this way although he does seem to have the perspective that you've got 30 opportunities and they all count the same and you're trying to get as many as you can, and while sweeps are nice, it's not really about sweeps, it's about stacking up wins. You certainly don't want to get swept. But I think we've gone from the point of, well, you hope you can get one, to you almost be a little disappointed if you don't get a series win. Possibly. And
3: will the bats travel? I mean... Yeah, they struggled in the UCF series. They couldn't score on Sunday against Louisiana Monroe. And they played guerrilla ball, basically, with Auburn on Sunday. And offense won them two out of the three games this past weekend. It wasn't the pitching, it was the production. Will that travel when you're going to see better arms than you've seen in the first two weeks?
2: We'll see. I think Ole Miss is an offense that right now, and and their SEC numbers are better than their overall numbers, but they're an offense that isn't necessarily going to wow you for nine innings, but they sure are capable of putting together an inning where they put a crooked number on the board and doing that a couple of times in a game. And a lot of times that's enough to win a baseball game. George is 2 and 4. They lost 2 of 3 at home to Tennessee. They lost 2 of 3 on the road against Texas A&M. I don't think George is very good. And Missouri is 1 and 5 and I think they're pretty not good. They're 8 and 15. They're bad. Uh in fact, Missouri is the only team in the entire SEC with a losing record. Next closest is Auburn at 11 and 11. Missouri, seven games below five hundred. All right, so in the West, Ole Miss sweeps Auburn. They sweep Alabama. Things get really, really real in the next three weeks for Ole Miss. I don't think there are any gimmies. Even with a bad Missouri team, I don't think there are any gimmies in the SEC. But at this point, Alabama and Auburn are not Florida, Arkansas, Mississippi State in three straight weeks. Slightly and that's what different. the next 3 weeks look like. But that
3: that's the thing. The the 6 and 0 start, bad teams or not, allows you to not have to do anything special these next 3 weeks. If you get 4 in the next 3 weeks, you're, you're incre- ten and five an in- to turn. You're in incredible shape. Yeah. Yeah. It's all you got to do. I said yesterday morning, they don't have to be remarkable anymore. They don't have to do. Anything. They don't have to steal a sweep somewhere. They don't have to go win an upset series on the road. They just have to play 500 baseball. That's all they have to do from here on out. And they're a national seed, probably a top five one, at 18 and 12. In this SEC, 18 and 12 is a national seed.
2: So yeah, that's what um, you're right. second half of Ole Miss's SEC schedule. So again, next 3 weeks, Florida, Arkansas, Mississippi State. In the second half of Ole Miss's schedule, they get Texas A&M and LSU and Georgia and South Carolina and Vanderbilt. Maybe a little more balanced than we thought it was going to be looking at that going in. Because you remember going in, we talked about the fact that, wow, Ole Miss misses Kentucky, and they miss Tennessee, and they miss Missouri this year. Well, you'd sure like to have Missouri on the schedule. Yeah. I'm not sure you're not happier to have the combination of Georgia and Vanderbilt than you are having Tennessee and Kentucky. I don't know. Arkansas wins two out of three, so they get pounded in their first SEC game, and then they rip off five in a row, beating Alabama in a couple of close games, and then sweeping Mississippi State. Bulldogs get two in Baton Rouge and then get swept at home. And they have Kentucky coming in this weekend. We touched on this earlier, Hey, Dad, who to have thunk it in terms of just how big this weekend is coming up for Mississippi State?
4: Yeah, we would not have. I mean, if they had just won the game yesterday, you would think, okay, they need to win the series, but it is sort of is what it is. But, yes, now it's have to win the series and would really like to find a way to sweep. But the way Kentucky's playing right now, they have a lot of momentum, so we'll see what happens.
2: You win the series, you come out on the other side four and five through three weeks in league play. It's not the end of the world.
4: Yeah, you're you're fine. Especially when you still have series remaining with Auburn, Missouri, and Alabama. Yeah. It's a good point.
2: Texas AM's two and four. Swept at Florida. They get two at home from Georgia. LSU lost two at home to Mississippi State, and then they got swept at Tennessee. Alabama won the first one against Arkansas. Lost the backside of that series and swept by Ole Miss. Auburn has been swept by
4: Ole Miss in Kentucky. Oh, butch. Hmm. Hmm. Not getting it done.
2: It may be crazy. I don't think Auburn is that far off. I, but I'm, I'm about to stop saying that because this looks like they're a long way off right now. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be
4: right back.
18: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center, with two locations serving your glass needs, they're in Richland and Brandon. Just call them at 601-605-4443. Look for delays on I-55 southbound. Have an accident. They're pulled over onto the right shoulder of the road just past Woodrow Wilson. Elsewhere, things looking fairly decent. Usual delays in Richland on 49 southbound, as well as 475 south at 468. Other than that, things looking fairly good. Buckle up and drive safe. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. The best from us to you.
20: At Car Care Clinic, we are so thankful to our customers for supporting local business, and we're grateful for the essential workers who continue to serve. We are committed to your safety, and we're taking extra care of our customers during this time, providing services you can rely on so you can take care of your world. With one less thing to worry about, your vehicle is essential to daily life, so their service lanes are open to serve you, while guests are encouraged to remain in their vehicles during oil changes. Car Care Clinic is also taking extra precautions, to ensure safety and cleanliness around their convenient locations so you can get the same rate service you depend on for brakes, alignments, tune-ups, check engine light diagnostics, tires, and their 28-point full-service oil changes. Visit CarCareClinicJetLube.com for more information on savings, coupons, and scheduling an appointment and more. When surrounded by uncertainty, you shouldn't worry about your vehicle. We'll get through this together. CarCare Clinic, we want to change your oil, not your schedule.
5: I'm Liz Brister with Entergy. Extreme weather can cause extreme power demands and increased bills. Here's some tips to save energy and money. Set your thermostat to 68 in the winter and 78 in the summer. Open curtains to help you warm your home with free sunlight on cold days. Close them during hot days to keep things a little cooler. We want to help you lower your usage and your bill. Get more money-saving tips at entergy.com slash efficiency.
8: COVID-19 has had a profound effect on the workplace. As organizations adapt, RJ Young is here to help. We provide key technology solutions to power your business, like temperature kiosks, smart security systems, backfile scanning, managed IT services, digital lockers, and more. RJ Young will help you to ensure safety and productivity in the workplace. To learn more, visit rjyoung.com/covid.
20: Before the action begins, make sure your bets are in. Every hit. This ball is crushed. Every point.
9: Who do they giving to?
20: Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino revolutionizes the fan experience. On your phone, casino kiosk, at the Timeout Lounge. Don't just be a fan. Be a player. Be a winner. Get the Sportsbook at Golden Moon Casino. We're not just fans. We're here to play.
5: Twilight concerts at Renaissance are back live. Saturday, April 24th. Starring the Almond Bets Band. Taz Niederauer, Cedric Burnside, The Vamps, and more. It's a full day of music presented by Wicked Wheat Brewery for this socially distanced concert. Carefully, Tickets are on sale now at Ardenland.net. Twilight concerts at Renaissance are here. From Nukes Eatery, Renaissance at Colony Park, and First Commercial Bank. Tickets are on sale now. Produced by Matchett Entertainment Group and Ardenland. Your midday meeting place, The JT Show with
1: Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky I wish Borky I'm taking the blame for this We should have done a little better planning We had had uh, Gary in today There's a NASCAR race happening at Bristol Motor Speedway right now You remember guys, right? Uh, Bristol that hosted a Tennessee-Virginia Tech football game It's a, a NASCAR stadium, if you will Guess what guess what they're doing right now inside Bristol Motor Speedway? Yeah, having them the dirt, dirt track, dirt track race, but it rained yesterday, so they had to run it on Monday afternoon. They are racing on dirt. They hauled in twenty three thousand cubic yards of dirt and put three layers down on the track, but got torrential flooding. I'm just thinking about I mean these guys are running these finely tuned machines. And if you got to get off-road, you don't want to jump into your mom's Pontiac. You want something that's, you know, four-wheel drive. They had the truck series race. But it's so crazy. I mean, you're used to watching, I mean, like a bump in the asphalt is a big deal sometimes for these guys.
8: Yeah.
4: And they're just, like, bouncing around the track. <laughs> it's
2: awesome.
8: I bet, I,
4: bet, I bet they're having a lot of fun if nothing else. I would think so. I mean, it's probably just like, you know, football game being played in the mud. I mean... You don't want to do it
2: every week, but it's kind of cool every once in a it's while. It's
4: fun when it happens, yeah. They've
2: got... I don't know if it's 29 laps to go in the stage that they're in or 29 laps to go overall. Joey Logano's leading right now. It's pretty darn cool. It's like a big dust cloud, too. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a fun race to attend in person or not. Question on the ceasefire text line. I think this was uh, as it pertains to Ole Miss. In the next three weeks, can Ole Miss sneak in a sweep? I'm sure they could. I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah. But you also they- wouldn't have bet on them sweeping the first two weekends of league play.
4: No, but if you told me they did, I would be less surprised. I would bet on that a lot more than I would bet on you know the next three but that said, I mean, Vandy is probably a definite no. You're not going to beat Rocker and Lighter. That just seems really unlikely.
2: Well, that's um, not in the State. next
4: three weeks, though. I mean, oh, it it, not? It,
2: it, yeah, it's Florida, the Arkansas,
4: th- State in the next three. Oh, okay. I thought I thought it was Vandy before State. Okay, my bad. Um, Again, that just seems unlikely. I mean, I, it pains me to say it, but if State's probably the best opportunity there. If they play the way they played this past weekend, they won't beat anybody. Yeah. But I feel like State will fix that, so we'll see. Um,
2: Mike says, Over, under on five hitless innings for Lighter to open the LSU
4: game this weekend. Under. <sighs> over. Ooh. He's he's, he's wrong. L, I think LSU, you know, and again, this hurts State because they, they beat them, but I think they 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 padded the stats on some bad teams. I don't think that LSU team's very good.
12: Yeah,
2: Marty in Oxford says state should still be able to go twenty and ten, right? Hey, Dad,
4: and I answered him. They got swept by Arkansas in twenty nineteen and went twenty and ten. State has been swept in each of the last four years, and each of the last four years they've made at least a super regional. That would be eighteen and six the rest of the way to get to twenty and ten. Yeah. I mean, it it would be tough. I won't lie and say it's gonna be an easy tra- task, but certainly doable.
2: Yeah. Um uh, Eric Sarantola also has not allowed a hit in SEC play. I think that was in True. <laughs> True. Ian Lighter. That was the Jack Leiter conversation?
4: Yeah. I haven't yeah. either.
2: <laughs> I think that's the point. <laughs>
4: I mean, but he's actually thrown an inning. Oh, that's yeah. right. He did throw,
2: yeah. it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's throwing two more
3: rockers, innings. giving up more hits than I have in SEC
2: play this year. What well, a bomb. you really had to feel good for Billy Horschel this weekend, didn't you? Yeah,
3: man. This Billy is Billy the- Ho golf. <laughs> it's impossible to keep up with everything. I mean, this weekend it was a funky weekend for me anyway. But my goodness, I had. Uh, my Pels were playing, and you had March Madness, and you had nine baseball games that I have to keep up with. And then United you know, States Soccer, but we don't have to talk about that anymore. The point is, it's impossible this time of year to, to even
2: try to keep up with everything. You can't do it. That's true. Hey, Dad, you going to watch uh, South Carolina and Texas tonight in women's hoops? I am not.
4: But mm-hmm. well, good luck to Vic. I always like
3: Vic. He's wearing... Uh, one of his Mississippi State
2: rings when he coaches for Texas, by the way. He's
4: also wearing his Aggie ring.
2: <laughs> he likes some rings, doesn't he? Well, he's got a lot of them. That's a good point. So does Don Staley. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. We will be back with you tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. For Michael Borkey and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Good night.